0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Bring the Heat, episode number 7. Uh, I'm back here again with Huzzy. Uh, alongside us, we've also got the ever-so-lovely Two Tap Tony regulars. And uh, we've also got two guests today. Uh, if you guys would like to introduce yourself, I guess uh, one of you. Go, go right on. ahead start off. Panda, you go ahead. I'm shit,
1: so is he. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm
0: trash. This is garbage. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what?
1: Where- we're all welcome here. And no, uh, I, I'm Blue Panda, obviously everyone, everyone should know who uh Look at know, the the other is I right? know, right? Like, oh, <laughs> everyone <laughs> should know who I am. <laughs> no, no. They should know who he is more than they know who I am. It's like I'm
0: Australia's um, number I'm... one most committed analyst. It's like Oh <laughs> Yeah. Yo fuck? uh, no.
1: yeah. Yo Fucking Australia's just claiming everything right now. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look at, it's on the shirt mate no fear the kiwi's here
2: <laughs> yeah see see i'm i'm a fake kiwi i i'm not e- i'm not even either a kiwi or an Aussie. i'm a i'm a, the cheekiest breekiest of the uh southern hemisphere here uh, but yeah no, i'm <laughs> <the she kiwi. laughs> i'm cthulhu i uh, do yelling into the microphone for money and i've been doing it for almost five six years now <laughs> it's like we <we're> sat just bring <laughs> this four of us here and mm. this is hazy Yay! Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> I've got good analyzing skills. I'm alright.
0: Yeah, listen, I understand you can coach, but come on. Mate. Does it, it, <laughs> how, how's, how's this coffee going? It's, it's, uh... I don't drink
1: coffee. Who drinks coffee these days? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Not, not, but not you drinking it. I, I'd go for a flat white
4: though. <laughs> Oh, I ain't
3: flat. <laughs> 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 I it like, Rest in so yeah, we have a very interesting podcast for this, um, for this episode. We're going to be talking a lot about the OCL, and we're actually getting to quite a few questions. A little bit of an interview with Cthulhu and Blue Panda. Um, we will ask them quite a few questions. Um, mainly, we'll start with you, Panda, first off. How did you get into casting in the first place?
1: Uh, believe it, So Cthulhu, yeah, you just mentioned you know, he's been doing this for five years. Believe it or not, uh, I, I almost started a decade ago. Um, my first foray into casting, Legal Legends, in my first year at university, uh, 2012. It wasn't it wasn't a very long run thing. I didn't stick with it, obviously, because otherwise they'd be far further along than I am now. But um, basically, I joined some. It was originally a North American gaming community that then started a, a, a Australia New Zealand branch, and I jumped in with them and, and and got you know got along with them. Started doing casting for them as well. Um, the guy I originally started with. He's now gone on to more successful stuff. He does Overwatch. I, I decided not to stick with it. So I've taken good I've idea. Taken good, the idea. Route to get good idea. Very good idea. But yeah, basically I fucked around for about five years. You know, became a League of Legends coach. stopped doing that. Became a caster in League of Legends. The scene died. I then watched the Six Invitational. Ad. Um, it was it was end of would have been twenty nineteen i saw you know the was out. coming up i saw an ad i was like you know league of legends is sort of dying in the region right turned around and said we don't want to have to pay orgs the subsidy so the players <laughs> don't want you know don't get anything and the orgs turn around and said well we don't want to, have to pay them anything at all and it was sort of you know yeah this is this is going a bit sideways i literally hit the peak of where i could as an amateur caster for league of legends literally i i would have been right below the entrance for tier two tier one but there was just no way to break through um, from, from New Zealand, unfortunately. And so I saw Rainbow Six, I was like, hold on, this is actually, this is kind of wild. I'd played it, I'd never seen it as a, as a competitive eSports um, opportunity. And At that stage, I was dead set. Like, I, I did not know what I wanted to do for the longest bloody time. I mean, I'm turning 28 next month, and I only figured out that casting is what I want to do. Beginning, you know, so beginning 2019. And so, yeah, I made the switch to Rainbow Six, and I just haven't looked back.
3: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, it's a bit hard, especially with like um it, getting into the league. Really, is just difficult because everyone has their own little niche in there, don't they?
1: uh yeah, a hundred percent. It's who you know, not what you know, especially
0: in the region. So, <laughs> so we just throw the iron yeah, and, and tower where under you under are as well, like. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what, Tony's favourite uh, people? Yeah, of
3: course. <laughs> uh, I, oh, look, I, mad respect to, to
1: old Skimmy, uh, the, another New Zealander ripping it big in the international stage in casting. Um, he's, he's he's absolutely killing it on the LCO. And I, I, I'm a big fan of the current iteration of, you know, high-level ANZ competitive League of Legends. The LCO team are absolutely killing it, but previous iteration's not so great, let's be honest.
3: Yeah, I yeah, 100% agree on that one, 100%. We'll move on to uh, you, Kifuli. So, yeah, how did you get into casting?
2: Uh, for me, it was, um, I think it was at the second half of the first year or something across the lines, it was um, when the whole Siege and NZ community was just literally starting up because I started things off with Siege with uh, being kind of a, a bench warmer for like one of, the, uh, one of the teams that just, you know, wanted to dick around in comp for fun. And eventually, a, a bunch of other players started, you know, let's... Let's try to cast. Let's try to stream these games. Like you know, get some get some sort of pub- publicity going because by then already, I think the first year of Siege kind of all elapsed, and like NA, EU, and Latin were already starting to develop, whereas NZ was literally completely left in the colossal gutter, and uh, pretty much the whole initial approach was like, well, other people doing, why, why shouldn't I try to do it? And uh, yeah, it kind of like started off from there. Jeebus, who now unfortunately no longer a ESL admin, um, he used to be an ex-teammate uh, who then got kicked from, from team for some quote-unquote misconduct. And became an ESL. <laughs> the yeah, we'll, the, we'll, we'll call the triggers came we'll call up, it. quote unquote, misconduct. Yeah, we'll, yeah we'll, we'll, call, we'll call it misconduct without delving too too deep into all of that bag of worms. <laughs> and um, yeah, he became an ESL admin who later on got promoted to like League Ops. And he was essentially the one who vouched for me for ESL. Like, yo, hire this guy. And so kind of from there on, it kind of quickly all skyrocketed um, with me doing initially Southeast Asian Pro League for Siege, which completely ruined my sleep schedule whilst I was at uni, because the games uh, would start according to um, Singaporean time. So for me, it would be starting around 11, if not midnight, and finishing around 4-5 a.m. I would sleep for an hour, and then off I go for an 8-hour day of lectures at uni. And that will be happening like two, three times a week.
1: No, <clears throat> no one ever said casters were smart. I oh, can value yeah, honestly,
2: personally. out of the four It'll of us here, I think we're all in decision. agreement for that one. I think I had a, mo- I had a moment recently <laughs> well, my, where Tony just uh, woke
0: me up at 1am to cast My first international
1: gig it. outside of ANZ was EU, so I was waking up at 2 o'clock in the morning New Zealand time for a 3am start. Yeah. So, yeah, no, we, there, there are some questionable things that we as... as what well, entertainers is probably the best way to describe it. We do to, to make
2: our way in the scene. And but yeah, so like later later down the line, obviously, I finally managed to cop the NZ gig. I did my first APAC LAN, which I still like. Looking back at some of the recordings of that and some of the clips, I dread rewatching that because back then, me, I genuinely I would strangle my own self if I if I seen it just just for the sheer amount of mistakes, amount of stuttering, <laughs> and amount of just general lack of confidence and ego. I'll we'll, we'll get ego. back to that. <laughs> lack, <laughs> no, no, I'll say that a healthy amount of ego is needed nowadays especially for tier two tier one i mean casting.
3: would you say it's ego or confidence though like because i would say it's more confidence over ego ego is really your you're thinking you're better than you actually are while confidence is you're trying to act better than you are
2: well it's uh, it's partially I, like yeah. it's predominantly i would say yeah confidence but a sprinkle of ego needs to be there to essentially keep yourself still at least in my head, um, how it worked it was to motivate myself to keep on pushing to to keep up being in my head, at least uh, relatively better than like the target that I would I don't know set. It was like it was always at the beginning. It was always a competition for me, like even whilst being a caster. So I would I would try to compete, being the uh, the big one, uh, like the better one and the big one. But the issue with that in the early stages came, and and that's I think a lot of casters would be able to relate to, is when you start things off you straight off the bat think you hot shit. And the sooner you realize that you're not, and you actually, as a matter of fact, for, for unless you're literally like the Einstein of casting, um, you're not. Like, genuinely, like, my, the feeling of that, that I'm colossally and utter garbage, came in, like, quite a little bit late, and it hit me a little bit far too hard. And rebuilding on top of it all, like, rebuilding my, I guess, self-confidence, maybe again with a very slight sprinkle of ego only started off like I don't know probably I would say beginning of this year slash middle of last year where it's kind of like mm, yeah you know what okay maybe maybe I am kind of good maybe I still have have that have the hot shit status okay. and <laughs> uh, but yeah now nah, honestly I got to cast the whilst whilst I was still in that initial phase I still got a fuck ton of opportunities uh, that I'm extremely grateful for including. Uh, going in 2018 to Pax Melbourne to cast the very first iteration of Six Masters and meeting like a whole lot of people and casting in front of a crowd and uh, meeting a whole lot of players as well during some of those like APAC lands some of the like Six Oceanic Cup as well which was in 2019 I think in the early iterations of that Um, getting to meet by the way as well the early iteration of Fury Roster as well which consisted of Warden... uh, uh, spruce rock golden like there there were a few there were a few names and um you yeah, know after after a, sh- a short amount of time obviously the all the problems with the visa uh, stuff came in because me being russian on a russian passport in Z. Pretty much makes life absolute colossal hell when it comes down to any kind of travel internationally. So, sorting our visa for each and every broadcast was pain, and so essentially I got dropped. So after that, it kind of a switch from being centered around ESL came about to um, freelance stuff, and so essentially fast forward to now, here we are. But this time, um, obviously me and Blue collaborate, uh, collaborating and working together on many more broadcasts has actually helped developing. Um, mutual kind of skill in casting a whole lot more.
1: Yep. Yeah, that's why we work together. We're actually just killing time until we can mm. get married so he gets a, you know, get citizenship. <laughs> so, <it's> just... <laughs> All strategic. so so yeah. you,
3: you went the um, the mail order Russian bride without having a mail order?
1: I, look, <laughs> if I'd known it was as easy as driving an hour to Auckland, hell yeah, I would have been right on that train. Unfortunately, it took me a while to figure out that he was
0: there. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, because I guess really for you guys. So it kind of drives into, I guess, like the second question we've got for you guys in regards to, I guess, recent success for you guys as casters and analysts, of course. Um, Because I I do write you guys a lot. I mention it a lot to Tony as well in regards to the effort you guys do put in behind the scenes uh, for OCL specifically as well. Um, I guess for you guys, you know, as a duo, I guess what has prompted you guys to, I guess, have this, um, I guess, success domestically, I guess, in regards to your craft, um in relation to siege as of late uh,
1: look that's Found that's an way, interesting yeah. question <laughs> yeah um i've i've always had an affinity for gaming uh i think and unfortunately a lot of it does come to, i i'm ADHD i've been AD, i've been diagnosed you know 20 years almost now and I've always just had an affinity for gaming. It's something that I've, I've absolutely loved. Like uh, my, my, Some of my fondest memories, uh, me and my younger brother sitting there with our Game Boys all playing Pokemon together. Shout out to you, know, you boys as well. I see you on the grind, Joe, You know, logging in every uh, every couple of hours just to get his levels up. <laughs> when I can. Unfortunately, I, I can't play at the moment because my missus is currently playing Animal Crossing, so I've got these brief windows where I'm actually allowed to, to grind it up. But yeah. I mean yeah we'd, we'd all sit there we'd game i had memories with them we we played halo when it came out all three of us diablo so i've, I've always had just this, this affinity for gaming but unfortunately i mean i was always told you know you need to find a proper career you need to figure out what you do and i've tried my hands at different things i studied accounting at one point and psychology none of it fit um and so I, i've sort of you know finally figured out what the hell i want to do with my life. And shit there's really not that much representation on the international stage from new zealand and uh that, yeah that's that's probably what drives me the most is one i love the craft i absolutely love casting i love gaming i love esports and i want to be able to represent new zealand on an international stage and and go as far as you possibly can i suppose
3: awesome
0: yeah that's good
2: yeah i think i think on my end it is it was yeah as well like um, obviously representation definitely is uh, a, a big one partially partially with with new zealand but partially being able to you know uh if at some point i do make it on onto the onto the big stage and being able to rep new zealand and russia is like fuck yeah i'd, I'd fucking I'd, I'd do it i'd mm. i'd roll with it and um the other part was like specifically in our case as a duo I from the get-go, like when I even started casting, like having a consistent um, other co-caster that you develop, like the chemistry, the memes, like even the inside jokes, it helps a ton. And hmm. uh, with Blue as well, it kind of ended up working out borderline naturally because um, what was it? I think it was for six invitational qualifiers or something across the lines. Was our, was our first cast together? No right you, you, yeah you're, you're forgetting so
1: we so nuttery who is we've talked about to you guys yeah. our go-to oh yeah he's, sorry AAL, he, he used to right. run a, t- a tournament um the aec rainbow six minus so it was true. like a, a tier three competition a 750 odd prize pool and and that sort of that, that was literally my first rainbow six yeah. cast. I jumped in during the playoffs of one of their seasons and they said holy shit do you want to come back tomorrow for the grand finals let's get you in there and I sort of just made myself a mainstay. And then the next season, we're coming up to playoffs, another message, me he's like, yo, uh, I've got this guy I'm bringing into cast with you for the playoffs. And I was like, ah, oh, yeah, cool, who is it? He's like, Cthulhu ANZ. And I knew who Cthulhu was at that stage. Like, that was a name that was well-known in the community. I was like, ah, shit. Um, okay, I'll see what I can do. And that was our first gig. It was a bit rough. We went on to the grand finals. That was a bit cleaner. And from there, we've just... Uh, Any time I've been able to pick a duo, it's been Cthulhu. Like, I... I mm. Would not go anywhere else. He and I, honestly, we're about as close as best friends as you can get. Living in this online world in New Zealand, we hang out outside the game. We, we honestly, shit. We but after this, we're probably gonna go play some Battlefield together because we hate our <laughs> lives and we getting shot at. Right? You know, the the OGs who just run around and, and crouch spam with SMGs. But uh, honestly, yeah, I think it, 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 <laughs> it, it's been a trying release of a game. I don't know how I feel about it, but I keep going back to it. Um, but it's it's one of those things, and you can see it with with duos even around the world across esports. You can tell the duos that do have that close personal friendship outside of what they do, and those that just purely work together. Mm. And honestly, if if I literally if I got offered six invitational tomorrow and they asked me who I'd want, it would be Cthulhu. I would want mm. no one else standing next to me uh, in the casting desk.
0: Yeah, I don't blame you at all. Especially like speaking from personal experience as well. Like even from events that I've had to do. Like, I, I straight up go for Tony, Tony or Matt normally because, again, those mm. two. Um, I think it's more so just like the chemistry you build together, not just as, obviously, you know business partners alongside that. You're also the friendships you make along the way. And I think, realistically, the banter that you guys also produce with orgs and players as a whole, that kind of brings it into as well. Because I know between you guys and me during OCL... Obviously, we have our um, Honestly,
1: that is the biggest success of this entire stage was baiting all the orgs into getting onto the timeline.
0: Listen, <laughs> listen. The, the idea was you guys just do that. We bait everyone else. Um, as much as I hate to bash teams, it was the best time of my life. Um, but oh, <laughs> Honestly,
1: at this stage, we, we talked about it, uh, you know, during broadcast, outside of broadcast. OCL stage 3 has been the best one because we got everyone involved and it's just been shits and gigs the entire way. Yeah, which yeah.
0: Which is always good. But I guess I guess talking about memories per se, I think um, mm-hmm. proposing the question I guess for you guys, um, what has been I guess like the most memorable moment that you guys have had, I guess more so either individually or as a duo mm-hmm. recently, like um that's mm-hmm. the question I guess I propose to you.
2: Yeah. I think you um,
1: go first this week, too, because you've got a few more memories <laughs>
2: uh, than, than I do, unfortunately. Um. Yeah. Look. Quite. Uh, the, there are quite a few memories. As a solo, I'd say the most, the the biggest memory that we had so far is, um, or rather, sorry, as a solo, I had I was yeah going to Pax Melbourne because that was obviously casting in front of by far one of the biggest audiences that I've done so far, and uh, it was the first time I got to try uh, to you know feel in full how it is to you know gauge the hype from the crowd rather than trying to you know gauge it yourself kind of in a much more um unnatural way and that was just like even even outside of the broadcast i was walking around the whole expo like a kid in, in a toy store i was just the smile never left my face um as a casting duo i think one of the bigger highlights I'd say working with Red Bull for the Campus Clutch specifically the broadcast when we did the uh, national finals and then we when we got asked to come over for the Australia versus New Zealand whole showdown because that was a whole different hype and even then as well we had uh, they hosted like a watch party in a separate room still inside the same office but we could still hear the whole crowd, so we would, you know, sometimes call out to the crowd, hear hear them cheer on, and then keep on keep on rolling. <laughs> and um, I think the last one would be yeah, the Reggian close qualifier qualifiers. Probably the most recent memory being just the sheer amount of just you know us dicking around and like we were kind of given like very, very not blurred what's the word, very kind of very broad yeah guidelines about like what not to do obviously not to like be racist and all of that but apart from that we, could, we got to shoot on players as much as as much as we could albeit be as in polite and respectable way uh, and it was still kind of good fun and we still had a really solid like production because we also obviously had the Nattery as well coming in to just do all the actual hard behind-the-scenes work with him building even, like, the package. And even even for the close calls, there, there may be some uh, interesting new things coming up as well as he's been building up some some stuff. So, um, look, yeah, I think recent one, Rick Gian the most, like, as a solo, Melbourne. PAX Melbourne 2018. Okay, cool. Yeah, unfortunately, like, the bulk of my
1: serious casting career has happened during COVID. Um, so, unfortunately... There, I I mean fortunately and unfortunately so fortunately the, the memories are quite specific ones like I can I can definitely highlight the ones that stand out unfortunately there's just not a huge number of them like Solo uh, there, there are two big ones that stand out in my mind uh, one when I was, was casting Europe I got to cover a player named Spoit who I, I mean like simple but for Rainbow Six basically so he's turning 18 I think it's next year at some point but the, the guy is literally savant at the game and I got to cast one of his few comp you know appearances before he turned 18 and then obviously this year i got pulled in as a sub APAC south as an analyst that one that one is huge i mean that's the biggest audience i've ever had watching me on a broadcast i think we cracked just under 25,000 or something during the show and that was that was huge i absolutely love that opportunity um but yeah as a duo red bull those guys went above and beyond for us and it was the it was the most bizarre thing as well so i I actually won the uh, the year's supply of Red Bull from LPL Pro <laughs> last year for Rainbow Six, and that's how I got it. And so what happened is campus... College, I, I had no, <laughs> that, Before campus Scotch I had no intention of getting involved in Valorant. I, I hadn't watched high-level competitive. I didn't really think that much of it as an eSport. But, so I got my monthly shipment of Red Bull. I made a tweet about it and said, you know, thanks, shout out to Red Bull and Zed for, for, you know, hitting us with the shipment of Red Bull. And then I get this message, this email. Um, yo... Uh, you wouldn't happen to be interested in casting some Valorant, would you? And I looked at the email. It was, um, it was at Red I was like, hold on, that's that's a, that's an interesting email to be getting. And so I was like, yeah, look, I could be keen. Uh, and they're like, cool. We've got this. We've got this collegiate, uh, you know, Valorant competition coming up. We, we'd be keen to get you in and help. And I was like, you know what? you guys wouldn't happen to be looking for a duo, would you? Because I know a guy,
5: and, and he'd be keen to
1: jump in as well. And they're like, yeah, sure, get a, you know, get us in touch with him. I was like, shit, Cthulhu, you keen to do some Valorant? He's like, yeah, cool, send him through. And basically, um, so I, I skipped an entire week of OCL because they were like, we want you to come in for the qualifiers for this event. And I was like, yeah, hell yeah, you're going to put me up in a hotel for three nights. You're going to pay me to do Valorant. Shit, yeah, I, I learnt the game as best I could in the time that I had. We rocked up it was it was budget it was wasn't a huge setup they literally got everything sorted in the space of a week but it was one of the most like fun experiences that i've had uh in in casting is cthulhu and i being in the same room being able to cast this collegiate valorant yeah then it led on to the nationals it was a land they had all the players there we had a crowd everything they got like a proper production setup going that was massive and then like we we wanted we had big plans for the australia versus new zealand match like we we were going to we were going to play up the banter between Australia and New Zealand. We had a duo that we were going to get from Australia, but just unfortunately because the lockdown's over there, they couldn't even get into the Red Bull office to make anything happen. Hmm. Um, So it was literally like, you know what? Yeah, cool. We'll get you in. You can cast the, you know, the mainstream and we'll just, we'll just do a local thing, which sucked. But we, again, we had a hell of a lot of fun. We had the crowd there. We played up into the banter. Um, And so that was, that was a big one as a duo. And the other one that sticks in my mind is six invitational qualifiers last year. Mm. and it was it was a rough setup it was brutal oh yeah, yeah. Cthulhu, about that. Cthulhu lives with his, his older brother who, who tends to go to bed right in the peak of when we're doing our broadcast so you, you might notice he'll he'll go from hype and then he will just get a bit quieter here and it'll, it'll be ASMR Cthulhu with me yeah. bringing the hype and we've got it <laughs> we're just got to pump the volume levels up a bit because his brother's gone to bed and so we we got to do the open qualifiers we had the whole setup everything and then we get to the end and it's like cool that was so much fun you know that's it and we get this message you know we've got we've got these matches that we're keen for you know the community to do for the close qualifiers and i was like cool yeah sweet i'll let everyone know we'll see what happens and so i send out the messages the observer falls through we have to get someone else in and cthulhu's like i probably i probably won't be able to do it because my brother will go to bed then because we're obviously running off singapore time what we did is he went to his rural mate's place like rural into that. Took his setup, everything, and he's like, "Okay, the connection is bad. I will be alternating between my hotspot and the and the internet to try and make this." And we did this close qualifier to Tier One, eight, like Asia Pacific teams. And Cthulhu was switching between the clean feed on his computer and his phone, running off his hotspot. And we absolutely knocked it out of the fucking park. It was huge. And, and so we get the broadcast, like, "I'm, I'm just gonna go home now. I think this house is haunted. I can't connect the internet." <laughs> And it was, it was genuinely one of the best broadcasts that we've ever done. We're lucky to do the same thing again this year. Hopefully that all comes together, but it's about dates at the moment. There, there's a couple of collisions we're hoping to sort out. But uh, look, if, if last year was big, we're going even bigger this year.
3: That's awesome. That is awesome to hear, dude. I don't
1: know how that feels. I don't do it well. But... Um...
4: <laughs> <laughs> I guess we should take it back off. It's general. Uh, so then. I guess to, right, uh, sorry to about that. wrap, uh, I guess go back into <laughs> it. Uh, obviously, you guys have mentioned a lot about the highlights. Um... Uh, what does the the future of oceanic esports look in terms of your eyes? Uh, what do you want to see more of? What do you want to see less of? You know. Um, oh, look, there we go. Lighting, sorry. Like a secret Tony's going on is there It's just like ah ah
0: ah Completely configured.
5: <laughs>
1: Oh, <laughs> um i mean look this is something so uh i i believe it or not i, I discuss a lot of this with my dad um because so my, my dad is an accountant he's been an accountant my entire life but he's all it's it's for him it's never really been about the numbers it's been about developing you know his clients businesses and helping them sort of figure out the pathways for them to succeed. that's what he's more focused on is he wants to be able to sit down with the client and say, Look, "Okay, here's what we've got right now. This is where we could be. What are your plans going ahead?" And so I, I'm, I unfortunately find myself very much in the same sort of spot. But I'm, I'm very, you know, sort of like, where do we go from here? What's the next step? How can we achieve what we want to achieve? Um, and so, Dad also happened to be a, a member of Sport New Zealand. Um, so he's he's helped me put, you know, he's put me in contact with a couple of people, and I'm, I'm sort of putting those feelers out and trying to. You know sort of get the impressions of, of where the country's headed because i want to be one of the figureheads and help the country develop. i want Zealand to be running its own tournament screw you guys you guys can go and do australia shit but
0: what do you mean you um, got lpl that's might... close enough this country's <laughs> garbage man. we got nothing we got esl <laughs> and even I, uh, that's horrible I...
1: Oof. I, I I'll opt not to come and talk. <laughs> 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 it's it's something that you know damn cthulhu, we almost got A- him product, <laughs> I, we, <laughs> we all talk about it. it's you know sort of where are things going and, and especially in rainbow six at the moment this is something that we've identified it, it's very top heavy hmm. there at the moment there are literally two people that i could think of that might be able to step in and fill the roles that cthulhu and arctic and i now currently fill and we work with those guys and, and we really like them it's not that you know we don't like the other people in that spot there's just literally no one there There, there's there's literally like maybe three four casters that i can think of in rainbow six operating below the the you know the where we are currently um so we you know we've talked about potentially running events and helping introduce people into you know the back side of things production tournament admining. so that's that's something that we we are looking at as well and Honestly, <laughs> it, as much as people say, you know, oh, Siege is dying, ANZ, eSports is dying. No, we're actually, we're actually, it's COVID. it's COVID. It fucking sucks and everything is taking a back foot, but we are not dying. <laughs> Slowly, Slowly, we are coming back to where the, the norm was. And yes, it's going to take us a little while to get back to where things were before we were hit by COVID. But honestly, I reckon in the next couple of years, we've seen the Chiefs go to Sweden. We've seen NZ, you know, represent. We've got fucking, you know, you guys over at PGC, Furious Ref rep in the region. Hmm. So we are slowly getting back to a position where OCE steps back into the mainstream and we can actually start to get things done and, and start, you know, developing APAC supremacy, as it were. Hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm genuinely... I, next couple of years are going to be big. Hmm. I, I think we're going to be... I, I know personally Cthulhu and I have got our eyes on some things that we are looking to do. We know that Ubisoft has some things that they want to do over the next couple of years, without divulging too much, of course. But I, yeah, I think that the next couple of years are going to be big and and From there, honestly, they, I, I'm genuinely intrigued to see where it ends. I up. mean,
3: it all depends up on the player base as well. Hmm. Like that's it's it's entirely revolves around the player base, and that's where I, I feel it is in a way at the moment dying because a lot of them going, "Oh, I can't go to land, so why should I bother?" and they hmm. just give up. And it's like, well, oh, that's a bullshit reason.
0: Yeah, I think I think well, the other I, thing... I think
1: people also need to recognise as well. And this is a conversation that Cthulhu and in, like a, our group. So we 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 call ourselves the bottom cast crew. We we talk about this sort of shit all the time. I think honestly, and I, it's burnout. Mm. We've been stuck at home for the most part, for the better part of two years. Constantly gaming, constantly playing. It is burnout. I literally took the entirety of last week off. I I said, fuck Women's League. Those guys can cast it. I don't want to touch esports at all because I knew. I was that close to burnout that if I'd forced myself to do the broadcast or look at stats or anything, I, I would have been written off for the rest of the year. And I, feel, I, th- I, think, I genuinely think the player base is there as well. Everyone's burnt out because we've been stuck at home. All we've been doing is playing the games that we play. And I, I think now that we're starting to hit those vaccination mandates and people can start going out and doing mainstream stuff, we'll, we'll take a break from what we've been stuck doing for the last two years. And we, we should come back stronger.
0: Should yeah. hopefully, yes. Yeah. Should. I think the big thing as well, it's not just OS anymore, right? Like a day pack. I think that's one of the biggest things that we have to mention because I know, mm, um, at least in recent times, a lot of people complain about the lack of opportunities in OS. Um, but it's just not OS anymore. Well, you know? no, no like, it's not. It's, it's, it's all over the world. We've incorporated ourselves into, you know, more of the Asian region as well. So it's good to see, I guess, um, especially yeah. in Siege and PUBG, like they're the two primary targets, I guess, for this at the moment, mm-hmm. where. Obviously, Siege has been incorporating themselves in with um, other domestic leads locally, and even with yeah. PUBG competing with you know Vietnam, Thailand. Like it's it's a really good thing to see because it's uh, going to open a lot it, more alleyways. It's also us.
3: really good to see that the SEA now, like the SEA region, is also now interacting with the O C E region on a more like personal level. Like we see, like Brew, for example, Ram, they're really like interacting with the Fury guys, and then you've got AOP as well that are also interacting with other SEA regions and whatnot. Uh, that everyone's at least coming together, which is really cool to see, and it it increase it. How can I wear this? It makes the scene evolve higher to a higher level because now everyone's on a on a more friendly playing field that they're more happy to play in the same leagues as each other. Like if, uh, for example, if uh, if one league when it started an SEA and OCE region. A tournament they'll go oh that team i know is playing that i'm really good i'm really good friends with i'm just going to go play with them because they're playing yeah and that's just how it's going to keep evolving and i reckon i reckon hopefully in the next five years oce is actually going to be oce it's going to be sea australia and new zealand all as one playing in leagues together on like yeah on a more uh more often
2: scale like i mean even even in siege like they they ended up uh, i think at the beginning of this year uh the whole global circuit ended up splitting apac we've had before apac north and then oce now it's apac north and apac south so apac north involves what korea japan and pretty much that's about it i think and then apac south involves now sea south asia and ocu whereas well south asia still it, it says it includes but at the moment none of the south asian teams were actually able to qualify for that circuit so it's a continuous kind of battle between anz and sca now on apac south uh we've seen in numerous events like say even the the yesterday's concluded one Reg gn introduced two teams from sca that was the die wolves and the elevate roster against two anz teams and yeah in general yeah it's it's a good it's a good thing that there's now it's much less of a disparity like with between the regions but say on even from the cast's perspective like yes there there are now an abundance of those the collaborations between regions but you still look at the grassroots you look at the tier 3 tier 2 stuff there's still quite a big let's call it skill gap between say even the pay rates like say uh y- which is again a very touchy subject in, in that regard, especially within ANZ. Again, um, say for example, I don't know, your tier two, tier one would probably, I don't know, pay like 200 if not three, 350 plus, And I'm more so like leaning towards tier one, whereas your tier three, um, you probably would be looking at like, I don't know, 10, 10 or 20 bucks per match, and understandably so. Again, the scale of it is obviously much smaller than, than the usual, but it's the the. Uh, that breakthrough bracket say from tier three to tier two which then would still quite borderline automatically or lead you to to that like those breakthrough events or like pro-am circuits which are i think in my personal opinion are like very much lacking in anz so yes whilst we are top heavy like panda mentioned before it's the fact that there's i think what been one pro-am event at least in siege within this whole year in anz and it was fun it was a banger and it allowed so many so many uh, teams to scout out for the new talent it allowed the newer even casting talent to uh, um, to be approached and to you know start developing because they get a taste of what actually like good sieges (laughs) and not just like ranked swinging or well, like every corner, and not having any, I, I, yeah, PUB gameplay like where you don't have <laughs> any any brain activity and borderline you, after finishing the match, you feel like you drop the IQ to like room temperature levels, and uh, it's it's something that I very I would be very personally happy to you know do any behind the scenes, uh, you know, be uh, as a person who would you know give pointers to the casters. Um, all, all of that. Like, I'm, I'm happy to be behind the scenes to assist with that, to actually help develop the, the talent. Because without having any kind of competition, all of us would just be stuck sitting on our asses, doing literally nothing, thinking, "Oh yeah, we still the hot shit." Whereas meanwhile, people would, with a much better potential, with a much better like initial casting skill, would be left literally out in the dirt.
4: Sorry, I just heard something in the background. I was yeah. like, what was going on?" My roommates are doing something sus. Um... So yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'd, yeah, I definitely agree. <laughs> <laughs> Coming into the closet, come on, come on, through boys. Um, but yeah, uh, the I guess the, the Bring the Heat also to guests, you know, I spoke about the you know what the future of OS looks, and from what you guys said, it looks pretty promising. I guess for R six in general. Um, and I guess yeah, I, I like to talk to with my hands, guys. It's, it's, it's don't bully me. Come on. <laughs> I respect it's that. I respect look,
1: that. Yeah, I'm right there with you, Tony. Just I'm so glad oh, I'm OCL go, doesn't go. have caster um, i I'm I'm fucking you know, he's going and he's going for the swing. It's one killers too. Honestly, I, I could be an auctioneer
0: at this point. <laughs>
2: where was that where was that video of like uh, an, an auctioneer in Texas or something like auction, going maybe, like yeah. speed running um, the whole auction? But yeah like, uh, so we
4: talked sounds, like, a rapping. lot about the, the future of O'S. <laughs> I guess looking at, you know, the kind of past and how you That's guys came up was there anyone that you guys kind of looked towards as like a mentor, as someone you aspire to be in this? Um, personally for me, I think at the beginning
2: it was obviously the the international casters like Milosh, like Emzo. Uh, for for some, well, with Milosh, it was more so just about it's another kind of person like that has been traveling internationally, so obviously English is not their straight away like main language. And Miloš being kind of one of the more multilingual... Multilingual, sorry. Um, casters within the scene. Uh, who also <laughs> faced a whole lot of initial issues with the travel and all the visas. Kind of echoed with me of far too... Far too close to to home. Um, and later down the line, I, I definitely would have to say... Um, some of the even, like, ANZ folk. Like, in the recent days, definitely Manic has been a big in- inspiration. Given the fact just... The man puts in the time and effort to obviously learn the game and not to sound like a colossal moron on on the broadcast while still having the charisma slash creativity to be, you know, the funny guy, the, you know, still being able to bring the actual entertainment value to the stream whilst also keeping up his both role as a PvP, as host, no matter what. like And that um, flexibility within him is something that I want to obviously learn but me being a bit of a dense fucker in my head uh it's <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit difficult sometimes and including the, the language barrier uh same as uh, something that as well that i've been like even with with panda i've been genuinely admiring like the fact that the gamer can actually just you know out of, out <laughs> of just start shit talking whilst not sounding offensive to the <laughs> to the player. Well. <clears throat> It depends on yeah. who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. My, yeah minus, that that uh, depends on the player in the team. We, we, we and... checked out last, yeah. last episode. Minus um, more of the yeah, recent like, developments.
1: Uh, Joe, uh, in terms of my tweet, I, I, all I said was that I, I'd explain why I said what I said. I never fucking said I'd apologize Yeah, listen, it. we said
0: the exact <laughs> oh, same thing. The The episode is going up tonight, by the way. Um, we uh, did actually mention this, so you, you need to tune into that because yeah. Tony and myself had a rant, like a fat yes. rant about this.
1: Uh, like, so, <laughs> oh, Killer Thul and I have talked about it because we, we got hit. Uh, one of the OCL players, one week. And he, he reached out to him and said, look, i was sorry, I had a bad day. We, You know, it just, it, it was unfair. And look, I wow, love the guy. He's a phenomenal player. I reckon he's going to have a huge future from the scene. And he was mature enough to turn around and say, look, you know, I was having a bad day. I, you guys didn't mm-hmm. deserve that. The, the subsequent incident, um, however, uh, we, we we got messaged by the player who sort of made the initial one. It was a copy-paste message by the way where they <laughs> literally just changed our two names <laughs> did not interact with it unfollowed the team i don't wish them any sort of you know i don't wish anything ill against them but if you're going to come at me with that sort of attitude after playing a piss poor game of siege and try and blame us for your bad performance i don't want anything to do with yeah. you i'm sorry yeah.
3: No, yeah i mean no you're it right there I, I think that yeah. there's so many teams and like i mean we're, we're My work, I I get to experience it on an international level where I I meet, like, tier one orgs. And holy shit, like, they are sour little girls sometimes. Mm. Like, grown-ass dudes crying over the smallest of things. And it's like, how are you this successful? Like, how have you developed your org get to this level and yet you are who you are? Yeah. Like, it's nuts.
1: Honestly, the biggest thing, players need to remember, we don't do what we do for them. We do it for the fucking audience. We we entertainers. Yeah. We're here to sell to the. If if we literally catered to the players, esport would make absolutely no money. There'd be no viewership, and it it would be boring to watch. But our job, we are entertainers. That's that's why I do what I do. I talk a bit of shit. I I I honestly, it's one of those things that I've said from the very beginning. If I am not enjoying myself in a broadcast.
4: Yeah, legend. Imagine, imagine a player <laughs> zero and nine <laughs> guys. He's
3: doing his best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, okay, no, he's like, shat hit the bed. Okay, actually... he is playing like dog. Yeah. He has shat the bed. <laughs> he needs See, to go and have a lie
5: down.
2: <laughs> that's the thing, though. There's there's quite a contrast between the approach between myself and Panda, and Panda even mentioned that a few times as well. Like whether it's behind the scenes, like about production, whether it's uh, after after we finished being live, um, Panda. Like he sends it full send, like if unless he like genuinely didn't mean it, he he like wouldn't even bother like saying you know sorry, yeah. and that that's exactly what's been outlined. I on the other hand, I've been raised to be a polite little boy, and so whenever yeah. like say even in the in the context of like some of the more previous drama, <laughs> uh, including like a player where like you know they they had like a pardon me their whole team had a god-awful performance and like you know i've i've said it in a very mild way but again you know me being um the person who sometimes like would blurt out something in english that i would only later on understand like oh shit that was actually something bad um sometimes i will you know fair enough like if you if you got offended by what i said sure sorry i probably didn't chances are i probably didn't mean it to sound offensive to you but it's, it's more so about the fact that, like, later down the line, like, literally five minutes after, like, the whole dispute was finished, uh, like, in DMs, like, it just was taken professionally to, to DMs, like, everything's all good, we're all fine, both sides are happy. And then the subtweet comes about, and like, okay, right, okay, I, I think my finger just slipped there on, to, on Twitter. And obviously, the, the rest is history, but yeah, like, where I would probably try to approach it, like, quote-unquote, diplomatically, uh, with Panda, it's just full send. You're either full sending it or, or you don't. And that's something that again, I wish I, I would have learned at some point through my life. But yet, at the moment, it's just um, all habits die hard. At the moment,
1: <laughs> see, unfortunately, it's not learned. So, like I said, I'm ADHD. Like I, it, it, I've, I've lived with it my whole life. I'm quite comfortable. It, it doesn't <laughs> worry me. But it also makes me incredibly introspective. So I, I literally to the point where it was six invitational. We were in chat with the North American casters, and I made some comment, and you know nothing happened but then still like three weeks later down the line i was like shit i i feel like i may have stepped over the line i messaged him three weeks later i was like look i i'm sorry for what i said i i just hope i didn't upset you. he's like dude i don't know what the fuck you're talking about we're fine
5: <laughs> um
1: and so even on broadcast i'm introspective like I, I don't want to be a dick i don't want to be you know a, a purposely attacking i i have never in my history of working ocl felt like i have stepped over that line and then for players to turn around the first one, yeah, he explained himself, I had a shit day, I was feeling bad, I just, you know... It, it was unfortunate. Yeah. I then he, he then went to the second half where we were literally gassing the shit out of them because they absolutely came back and stomped through the match. Hmm. And he's like, yeah, sorry, it was just, you know, uh, poor timing and, and, and a bad attitude on my part. But then this team, and they are the only team in the competition who has had an issue with what we've said. No one else, every other player in the league, or at least representatives from the team, have said, we watched it, we didn't think there was anything wrong with it, don't feel bad. So even then, I, I comfortably say, we did nothing wrong. We did standard stuff. We, we Honestly, no one was attacked. They just interpreted it that way because they played bad. Hmm.
3: Yeah, and I hate it when players just, like, they'll attack they anyone but themselves bagusle. if they play like shit. And it's like, can you just own
0: up and say, yeah, I had an off day.
2: Yeah. Mm.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. It... And I guess, um, really, I guess to wrap up, <laughs> Yeah. Um, I guess what we've discussed so far, I guess for you guys, um, just to finish on a light note before I guess- <laughs> I realise to... I completely tangented out no, of that. No, there's research, nothing wrong it's with that. Ta-
3: tangents that. are our motto. Ten- <laughs> 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 tangents make
0: it interesting. We're not here to just, you know, talk the basic stuff. We're here to have a discussion, of course. And um, I guess for you guys as well, um, I guess for those people who are still coming up in the industry and, you know, still trying to, I guess, get to a certain level, um, I guess for the both of you, do you have, I guess- any words, or I guess any advice for those people who are starting to, I guess, break through into uh, whether it is amateur casting, whether it's you know the semi-professional level at the moment.
2: Um, honestly, just um, main thing is, yeah, again, realizing that you can't allow yourself to be like to have the ego, you know, to to essentially say, yeah, I'm I'm the best. They all don't deserve don't deserve shit and like i should be i should be the one so make sure that like stay humble essentially tldr on that one stay humble <laughs> and uh, look as much of the vod review as possible just try to outline get like full-on nitpicky like do not let yourself like be oh yeah nah like that's that's a small issue like i'll overlook it like i'll, I'll look for something bigger no like get get nitpicky uh, get hungry for for it all because if if you're not nitpicky you're not helping yourself. You're overlooking some of the stuff that, to a standard viewer, you would look a colossal moron for. Keep on say, if you're using a single crutch word. So, keep getting nitpicky. Get like, start actually working around it. If if not, like, go go for on like borderline. What um, if any of you watched the uh, in the uh, like a year or so ago, or maybe later? Um, uh, the interview with Samuel Jackson, when the man had the whole issue with stammering, stuttering, and all of that. His whole uh, the word that got him out of that whole mental lock, motherfucker, that's that's now became his his whole uh, yeah. uh, his whole brand at this point. So it's same same thing here. Like if you are having issues with like say talking or just spelling something or whatever it is, um, just get down to basics. Literally, don't 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 over screw yourself on that. Well,
3: one. there there is also a method that um I know. Uh, race commentators do they mm. repeat the word that they're trying to say or that they repeat the word before what they're trying to say so if they're trying to say like horse number seven and the last word they said was up they will just keep saying up mm. I go, up, up 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 and race number seven and that's how they yeah. keep going on and it keeps that hype and the energy going through and in the end you will work out you were able to get that flow much more easy because you do it so often. Instead of going, uh, 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 or go silent or just start rambling for no reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, That yeah. there's so many different methods out there and that's something people can definitely look into.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, look, I, I saw this question, you know, you, you, said, you know, I said the questions and I, I did have a bit of a think about it and there were sort of uh, two two main ones that I... I, I just sort of you know, two main answers that I that definitely stood out to me that I was thinking about. Number one, um, if you can, know your worth. And and that I, I understand you are coming up that's something that can be a little bit hard to know your worth on a product because tournament organizers have proved in the past they will try and screw you over. It and it does sort of play into that ego and the confidence side of things. Know what you're worth, don't let yourself get screwed over. And that might be going and asking someone else. This is this is a journey that I've been on and I had that conversation with the tier one guys when i got Mm. i I found apex south and because the the guy messaged me was like ah so what's your rate and i'm like shit, i have no idea what the going day rate for a tier one analyst is so i you know hit up my contacts (laughs) and and got that info from them and the other one and this is something that i've battled throughout 2021 is know the value of the product you are working on Mm. if this is a prime opportunity that is being squandered don't shut up about it Mm. honestly i've said this time and time again ocl would not have ended in the state that it was in if not for my constant badgering and saying, "Come on, we need to be doing better." Mm. Because there was there was a lot of stuff that was allowed to slip through. You know, we 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 uh, the, fa- the I could spend an entire episode on this shit, but I'm not going to. But I mean, working <laughs> in stage one, um, it was not fun as a caster. And as soon as the stage ended, I said, "You guys are bringing in Cthulhu for me to work with." otherwise i'm probably not coming back because that you know the casting experience alone was dreadful cthulhu comes in and you know next it was we we want we want highlights we want pre-match you know content pieces we want map flyovers we want interviews at the end and and it was you know because ocl feeds into ocn feeds into apex south this is a direct pipeline to the pro dream and that, you know, the product should represent that. And even, yeah, it might be a tier three competition you're working on, but if there are ways you can improve the quality, don't shut up about it. Say, look, is there any way we can do this? They turn around, they say, no, that's fine. But if you don't ask for something, you're never going to get it. And unfortunately, there are those in the community who have been working on a product for a while and it hasn't increased. And unfortunately, the quality of the product, even if you have absolutely nothing to do with the graphic design or, or any of that, if it looks bad, it is going to detract away from your value to, to prospective hires, um, which is which is again something that I've, I've harped on about. So, know your worth, know the worth of the product. If you can increase it, increase it, because it will. It, honestly, it's it's that saying, you know, high, you know, a rising tide will lift all ships. If we can do better at what we're doing, that can then feed into other projects. You can provide that expertise the next time you you join a new tournament, blah blah. And, and it's something that I've you know, toyed with, you know, talking to producers, learning little things here and there that I might be able to, you know, bring into other tournaments later on. Yeah, to the yeah. line. Mm. And it's it, honestly, the, the, I, I picked up the, the university league gig, which I believe you do as well for Counter-Strike, Tony. And, and when I first came in, they're like, cool. Um, so here's everything you need. You're going to be doing everything. I was like, no, no, no. These are the three people that I'm bringing on. We've got a producer, an observer, and a co-caster because mm. we want this product to be good. And now yeah. they, uh, they've they carried that on throughout this year. And I think they're the only competition that has a dedicated producer and observer working on it. And hmm. and it's because I said, if you want a good product, you are going to want these things. And AL said, okay, sure, we'll, we'll give it a go. And they, they haven't, they, they've kept it going. So it, it, yeah, if it's good, it'll work out, basically.
3: 100%, 100%. Yeah.
0: You're not wrong. Um, and I guess that's a nice way to guess, um, cap that one off as well. Um, it's definitely been a good discussion, I guess, um, regarding I guess your status in the industry and I guess some advice to other people, but um, this is called Bring the Heat, of course. So we have got our normal topics available. Uh, one of them more R6 orientated, another one a little bit newer, which I'm actually excited for, but we are going to be starting things off, obviously going into the OCL ocn uh, relegation discussion. Now... Cthulhu, we had like a very minor discussion yesterday, and uh, a voice call, of mm-hmm. course, about the status, I guess, of the teams who are competing in it. Um, now, if we're putting pen to paper here, fellas, now you guys are going to know a lot more than I do because I am biased for one of the teams and I hate the other <laughs> two all personally. Um, but you guys, what what do you think is going to happen here? Because I know like relegations just seem a little bit off at the moment with the teams that are competing.
1: Um, look again, I. <laughs> I want to be candid. I want to be candid and say exactly what's on my mind, but I I think we enter that territory where people can get upset and and, and certain positions then potentially get jeopardized. Um, Yeah, look, I'll be honest, OCN OCL relegations left a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth. Uh, Not overly impressed with certain individuals that have then gone into it and then gone out of it and then gone back into it again. Um, Again, without naming names, but... I, I think the other three teams involved, I'm excited for what they're bringing to the table. Obviously, Wildcard, Fury, Overt, I reckon they're going to make for some good matches. Wildcard, it, ironically, going to live up to their name a little bit because we're not quite sure where they stand as of the moment. But I, I'm definitely keen for Fury, definitely keen for Overt. And I'll, I'll let Cthulhu talk a bit and then, then I can jump back in. With
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, look, um, it is going to be an interesting tournament. I'll say that the, like regardless of who would have uh, like who would have qualified for it if not for a team dropping out and whatnot like all the ifs and whats could have like introduced a whole different question but I'll say that, I'll say that. Uh, I definitely still think that out of the trio that is going to be over wildcard and fury those are the three that are actually in full on full blown contention for like qualifying for OCN. Because as much as you know, we've seen big dogs, you know, develop themselves. As much as they were putting in the effort, as much as we've seen them, you know, get to uh, the third place matchup, they have gunners. Yes, cool, but only having gunners and then some some sort of some resemblance of strategy and some resemblance of coordination, that's only going to get you as far as just to you know top three in OCL, OCN. Pardon my language. Will shit on you. And then some, and so for for teams like Fury, who's been already developing themselves two two times in a row winning OCL, that's already showing consistency, even despite some of the roster changes. Again, consistency, all like all looking very promising. Again, it's still going to be a very uphill battle, and I and I like won't exclude it in any shape or form. Whether it, whether it's the Fury last playing against Wildcard or whether it's against Overt, because Overt shown like. If, essentially, they weren't introduced to OCN for the fact that they got in only in Stage 3, and if they were, say, back in Stage 1 or Stage 2, they would not be in relegations. Because, pardon me, they shut on half of the competition throughout OCN. Wildcard, again, if they pull their shit together, they can do it, and it will be still a very rough run for them, because whilst, yes, they have the whole legacy behind them, they have the whole, you know, they've played in Apex South and OCN, OCL may prove the fact that um, it's going to be difficult for them to adjust to all those teams because it's in a similar way of how, you know, I don't know, say call it a Diamond playing uh, against, like, Golds or Silvers. Because in Diamond lobbies, you probably already, you would know exactly wh- who, what, and where is going to be. It's more like uh, more so going to be about who's going to be swinging harder at you. In Gold and Silver, you pretty much play in full well knowing that there's going to be barely any strats, or probably the strats copied off a YouTuber, um, or you're going to have literal apes swinging about and uh, without, again, no logical approach to it. And so trying to figure out that logic and strategy versus the che- uh, the sheer amount of chaos is what's going to be the, the difficulty for Wildcard. And so, end prediction, i okay, probably... I want to say overt fury but at the same time i'm not i'm not excluding the fact that it is going to be that one of those spots is going to be taken by wildcard and them returning back to ocn because it's going to be because we've seen a whole lot of teams that were down bad horrendous during ocn uh, went into relegation absolutely should stomp their uh, their opposition from like all the previous or like open qualifiers however whatever the other competition was and then return back to ocn because the skill gap is still quite tremendous between the two competitions that's that's my end opinion yeah
1: yeah look i i and i'll say this knowing full well that this is your your org i think fury in their current state are actually better equipped to handle playing up for that promotion spot into ocn than the fury tier stage two roster were
4: hmm. uh, as
1: much as you know the, the smash and grab style of approach that they had with cake and Pun part of the roster I don't think that is a playstyle that will find an overt, you know, it's not overt, a, an overwhelming amount of success. OCN is a very structured competition. They know how to do it, especially when you get like the top tier teams, Knights, Chiefs, they know how to handle that aggression. Mm-hmm. So now that we see, you know, Fury, they've gone through that restructure. They brought in Brendo and Deptra there. They're sort of where overt were last stage and that they've transitioned into a more structured team. They can play off of each other. They can handle themselves in those very, very tense moments. So I think, yeah, Personally, I think it is going to be overt and Fury to make it through. Wildcard, honestly, I don't know where their mental is going to be coming. They're, they're, they're facing two relegations tournaments, which mm-hmm. is not a situation that you want to be in in any competition. And I think Order were lucky to have escaped that. But, um, yeah, I, I until we get to the, the event, obviously, this coming weekend, we're not going to know where Wildcard are going into it mentally. Fury, they're looking good. Obviously, back-to-back champions, you take that. But it's not just that. They've looked good. When it comes to the server itself, they've ironed out a lot of those kinks that they've been having, and then that leaves big dogs. And I'll be honest, any team that finishes third across three stages in a, in a year, and then the disband tweets and the LFT tweets come out, that's shocking. I'm sorry. That's three podium finishes, and you're like, oh, well, if we didn't crack into the grand finals... Fuck all the work that we've been doing now. Fuck the coach that's been... Honestly, I have a huge amount of respect for Spectron, the coach for the Big Dogs, who has stuck with the team and been a driving force throughout the... I have a huge amount of respect for Shaq, who has been there as well throughout. He's... Whatever people say about him, he is dedicated, he wants to make it as a professional, and he is a hard worker. And then uh um obviously king rules as well another stand-up player so those three and and probably boff as well who's also been there in the background Mm -hmm. but you've got these two newest players in this competition you finish third one of them immediately goes looking for team and that you know you've qualified for promos you know you qualified for the finals that is so fucked i'm sorry there is no other way to describe it all that hard work that every other person that played through that roster has put in throughout the year and you're like nah it's not good enough i've played one season but fuck you guys so i I do i do want those individual elements of the big dogs to succeed but if i'm being perfectly honest i kind of want to see the big dogs as a whole die i want to see them step away from the name it has not been a healthy name in the competition um and this just this latest incident has not helped like like i said if they rebranded if they found themselves a couple of players that could fill that role i wish them all the success but the the big dogs legacy has not been uh you know a, a great one
3: I mean, it's kind of the, you know, the amateur uh, amateur ideal of we well, didn't get where we wanted, so we're just going to quit. Mm. And I was like, well, hang on, you got so close, and you've been playing for how long? Mm. And now you're just going to up and leave? Like,
1: Well, it's not even that they got close. They've got their foot in the fucking door. They're literally playing promos tournament. And you didn't yeah. manage grand final in the third stage, which didn't yeah. even matter for you in the end. Yeah, you didn't quite get the, the biggest chunk of the prize money, but... Your hard work's like done, I reckon,
3: I reckon, like literally, if they stayed together and they kept playing through next year, they would be, con- they would be the contenders. They would be probably number one. That's how good they are. Uh,
1: yes and uh, it, I, 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 yes and no. I think certain individuals in that roster were were problematic in their attitudes and, and there's certain histories in the competitive scene. But attitudes
3: can change none, none, oh, nonetheless, yeah. and that's as as a Did coach they, and as you know as captains are. Their jobs are to manage and develop those attitudes and those, you know, those personalities to into a more professional scene, and I reckon, yeah, if they stayed and they kept working on those things, then they would be contenders.
1: Hmm. But unfortunately, think, they uh, have decided they don't want to. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think
0: realistically, for me as well as an org that's competing in it, and as someone who likes to have, I guess ongoing relationships with teams and orgs, um, especially with us, how we had to make those changes to actually, you yeah. know, with K-King going to Rufflecopter and uh, obviously with Pun stepping down to a substitute position, it has been a very, very weird year. Um, mm. But I think overall for me personally, like I just want, or, like if my team qualifies for OCN, sick, happy with that. I want a team that's going of come with us that mm. I can actually have banter with. Because right now, if I had to pick out of Overt and as who I'd prefer to have banter with, they're both fucking useless, if I'm <laughs> going to be honest. Oh. Like, I don't, I'm just yeah, going to say it. Well, not, neither of them tweet. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> look, Listen, unfortunately... you guys know up front how much I gave Overt shit last stage yes. for the absolute lack of disrespect they put on that roster because of how little they... You know, produced anything for that team? Yeah, like I said, um, unfortunately,
1: if we had another stage, maybe we could have got them into the position where they were open, yeah, and just looking exactly. at the timeline. But they fucked off to OCN, so yeah, that's
0: yeah. the thing. And even I guess in a in a weird world, what if Wildcard stays in APAC South, but they play OCL at the same time? Like
1: again, another discussion that we've had, and with there's certain stuff that I'm I'm sure we can't talk about, but there's been talks about about you know levels of competition that teams have to commit to if they're in a tier one so maybe yeah. maybe they do they, they fuck around at ocl they look to get a bit of prize money along the way they don't take it too seriously or they just say no it's not worth our time we want to invest everything in apex south so i mean honestly there's there's a number of different possibilities but i honestly yeah my biggest question has to be especially coming to this event where are they mentally in terms of the players themselves that realistically what are the odds that they do stick together throughout the close of 2021
0: Yeah, and I think the other thing as well that I've seen pop up, like, with, like, obviously it's coming towards the end of the year and we're not going to see too much up until next year again. um, What changes do you think are going to get made in the off-season? Because at least from discussions that I've had with a couple of people, you know, order as well did not have a very good performance, Mm -hmm. um, respectively, in OCN Apex South. Mm -hmm. Um, There has been talks as well as some of the overt members actually going to order. Um, Potentially to fill a couple of those roles, which realistically I think could happen. Um, I think, especially for order, they were in a very similar position to how Wildcard was originally. Uh,
2: I, I, I definitely think that. that, um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I definitely think that um, the off season is going to be huge in between the two years, like the whole span of December, January, and February. As a matter of fact, including probably. Uh, the time post SI calls, because last time SI calls were a very interesting timeline in its own entirety. Uh, but, yeah, look, for Order, they definitely had a bit of a rough one. And I think the best-case scenario for them, obviously, would be to, you know, get use that whole three-core rule, you know, put two of their current players, I'm, I'm not even too sure who to even put on the side of Order, um, on the bench or, like, or rather, move them to subs or coaches, however you want it, and then bring in some of the new, fresh talent as, like, maybe just flat fred- f- fred- out Because Order, Order are by no means a dumb team. Like, they have the theory, they just, it seems like they yeah. can't nail the, the actual practice. Like, Same on paper, for... they should
1: be one of the top four teams yeah. in Apex South
0: yeah, with yeah. It, without a doubt like even from previous results when Order picked up that team originally yeah Um, when they were on Akami right like they, they were a really good team they were a really good since team since that point they've shit the bed which yeah. I, I like I really don't know what's going on over there I mean would it be the players or would it be the org yeah. go, listen if silly. we're going to talk about the org I have personal thoughts about Order <laughs> and I don't really want to touch on
2: it here yeah. no I, um, I think it is yeah just the, I think it's is genuine burnout
1: yeah it, combination of uh, burnout yeah. the things just haven't worked the way they'd wanted to like i said on paper they should be one of the top four teams in apex south i mean you look at nate one of the best gunners in the competition stepped into the main roster i think i think probably one of the biggest losses they had was Itby style um stepping away um because i I mean he did he did bring a certain amount of level-headedness to the competition he was a voice of reason in a lot of, of those situations um but unfortunately, yeah, I mean, look, I say unfortunately, he, he picked his, his real job over, over Siege, which in the region, in the current stage with Rainbow Six, it's understandable. And I, I wholeheartedly respect him for that. I love the guy. He's, he's such a great person in the scene. Um, but I think you know, unfortunately, yeah, his stepping away from core was, was more damaging than, you know, anyone in the community realizes. Yeah.
2: I mean, it's it's the yeah. same same stuff with, uh, like with Wildcard. You look at Wildcard at the beginning of the year, prior to them losing Ethan and Diesel. Top of the line team. Because uh, Diesel was that level-headed person. Like, he was the, the IGL, at least in my memory, who was, like, the one leading the charge. Or at least he would be the one to, you know, calm down the team. Um, Ethan was just a cracked gunner. And uh, and as well as that, had, again, brains. Like, to actually make the right decisions. Both of them leave. Mental on the wild card side is chalked. Stage 1, they have to play with Silex, who b- by then barely had really time to prep and like you know practice the the gun skill. so there's already quite a shuffle and it's just that that could a continuous kind of kerfuffle of them like trying to find their their stride whilst also needing to prep for both of the competitions both apex south and ocn is i think what just completely chalked the mental so coming into all of this Say they, if they make it in the, sorry, if they get relegated to OCL, yeah, that's a disband. They just make make a whole new new team. The legacy of Wildcard, um, back then known as Orglas, back then known as Atletico, and, like, we could go down a very deep rabbit hole. That whole legacy is dead. And just let the team die, remake, like, bring in a few of the players. Maybe some of the players join a few of the OCL teams and just re-grind it from the, from the very beginning. Um... If they do make it back, yeah. Look, use that three core rule, bring in like just fresh new new names, uh, whether it's for IGLing, whether it's for supporting. If they're if they're all comfortable with fragging, and that's something that is going to be probably shown and proven during the promotion relegation tournament, and just work your way from there on. Because wildcards still have again same boat as order. They have the potential. They have the chances. It's just at the moment, it's very it's even more so unproven because. Their skeleton, in form of Diesel and Ethan, fell. Uh, well, not fell through, but like is gone, and they haven't been able to stay on just muscles throughout this whole year, and it's and it shows. Mm. And it probably doesn't help that Ethan is then gone on to join the Chiefs, who have made it to yeah, so. the yeah, and yeah, <laughs> Ethan, yeah, Ethan joins sh- Chiefs, and yeah, the man is just even more so cracked. And the whole thing with with Ethan, when he first left, it was genuinely about his concern for his physical health. Mm. He you know, took a break, got back in, into the form. You look at him now; the man is just absolutely cracked on on the sticks, on on the MNK, however you, you want to call it, and like he's just absolutely gaming. Not as so, good as working, Like say, that's Could it be though. that
3: his old team was affecting his physical health? Or it
2: could be no. It, it's just the sheer amount of grind that yeah. just genu- general kind of siege siege comp prep and like the the sheer amount of time that needs to be dedicated on a high-end level at least in the current state i think that's what's been taken away and it's just like it eats up borderline becomes your full-time job without the benefits of a full-time job
1: yeah and i think that's where a lot yeah. of people in the community don't yeah. re- realize the the difference between only having to prep for you know one competition a week to having to prep for both ocn and apex south i mean you, literally you have yeah. to double the level of work you're doing while also showing this you know twice as much of yourself on a game day so i can understand and i know the same amount of money as well yeah for the majority um, of it so (laughs) i know a lot of players were hesitant to go ocn and apex south in the same week and and a lot of players have talked about this Mm. discussions going on um and and doubling back to what you were talking about you know joe overt players leaving to fill order i think that would be a horrendous fucking mistake overt in their current Mm. form are looking good and Mm. that is only after one stage one stage in the ocn where no one expected them to do anything they cracked top four as well and and that is that is not something that you would see many teams do in a competition like that so and it's, it's in, the f- in the first appearance as well exactly and we we, we talked yeah. about it with Kaken and pun leaving you guys last stage and then going to you know Kaken going to Rafflecopter and, and pun stepping away and i'm un- you know now that i've seen what you guys look like at the end of stage three not the worst decision but at the time Kaken being allowed i think i if You know, we hadn't seen you guys have the run you had in Stage 3. I think that would have been probably the biggest mistake of Kaken's career was leaving you guys at that stage. Because Stage 2 Fury was scary. Yes, they played off their aggression. and Yes, it worked. And it may not have been the case at OCN. But they still could have done some real damage going into the OCN next year. Hmm. Unfortunately, now you've got Deptra and Brendo who are looking, look, lethal. Let's be honest. The the boys at their current stage are looking like they could be top contenders going into next year. But Despite
2: the
3: shit the, that we They're do. looking more comfortable mm. than other teams I've seen them oh, play 100%. Like, they feel like they're it, it at home. It did
1: take them, you know, the first sort of four or five weeks of play. Yeah. But, I mean, you look at them in that grand finals. And we had questions about yeah. Brendo. He didn't feel like he quite fit. But the last two weeks of the regular season and the, the playoffs, holy shit, you would have thought that guy had been playing with them since the beginning of the year. He knew his job. Yeah. He did it the, well. The synergy has mm. really come oh, together exactly. nicely. And yeah. then you've got Quiz and Quiz, who... The, the second longest running member of that team, which people do also forget, he was there from stage one playoffs. The only other player who had been longer was president. And, I mean, I, I haven't done the stats. I'm getting into that tomorrow. But I'm pretty sure he's going to take the, you know, the top kill spot away from Tuhan after last stage. And it, look, at this stage, he's <laughs> probably my front runner for MVP of the overall thing because the guy had a ripper of a stage three. And you look at Overt, they, they are in a similar position. They at the moment, yeah, they had a couple of straight, you know, struggles early on in OCN. They found their experience, they found their rhythm. I think for them to lose players to order would be just horrendous because that org, the, mm. that team, as they said, forget the org. It doesn't really matter about the org. It's about the players. The five unit that you have in Overt currently are a team that I could easily see qualifying for Apex South at you know towards the tail end of next year.
3: 100 percent.
0: I think the rather interesting thing for me as well, I guess, um, on the topic of order is like. Order as an org just have so much money to burn. And the other thing as well at the moment is, I guess the tricky Noids. question for me at the moment is if Order want to make the changes right, and I, I'd probably agree with you, it'd be a shit thing if Overt did have players go to Order as an example. Do you think money would talk over, you know, I guess more so the logic? Unfortunately. That we have? Because yes. we have seen a lot of situations yeah, like unfortunately, that. Unfortunately, yeah. And yeah. if you're going to Order right, they. I'm probably the only one here who knows a lot about them, but like the income stream that they have, is just fucking absurd. Like right. they, they've got they got seven figures coming in. It's insane. In um, huge. but like just looking, I guess for the future as well. I guess um, even for us as well. Like even after stage one, we made changes. Day two, we made changes. Um, I had to put a lot of faith in Prez over that. Like Pre- <laughs> Prez has <laughs> been the one that's been driving that team since day one, and. I, could I mean kiss that, man, he he point. is like, one of the he, he is the team. In, in he the he is the mm. hardest working individual I've ever had the pleasure of working with excluding the PUBG guys. Mm. Like he his mental game like it's just fucking miles wide of everyone else. Oh, look I've and, he, and he's,
1: he's he's no slouch when it comes to talking shit as well. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it all depends on Joe. Our, our logic. Is, <laughs> someone's
0: got to be the villain, right? We don't yeah. give a shit. Like, like, if he talks shit and he backs it up, I'm cool with that. If he bucks it up, then we have something to I mean, to like, that's the, the whole so. reason
1: we started doing those pre match interviews for OCL is we wanted to get the banner flag. We wanted to get people, you know, the players used to having to do that sort of thing, especially if you're looking to promote into the OCN and above. You're going to have to be doing interviews. You're going to have to be talking to people. And yeah, honestly, there, yeah. Are, there are only you know i would say there are probably no interviews that we did throughout the stage that we regret doing some that did not age well but there are some that we you know like the rest of them <laughs> yeah 100 percent. but um yeah i mean unfortunately it's the nature of the competition at anz we've seen this so many times it's that oh shit, there's an opportunity i'm gonna take that because it, it, it bumps me up a level when in reality if you sit down and think about it actually you know the team that i'm on right now the synergy is very very good you know, we we work together. We trust each other. Yeah. We are we are getting the results. The team that I'm looking to jump into, they've been sporadic. They haven't had the greatest history. They've had quite a high turnover, and mm. and I mean,
3: but so many players were just yeah. I mean, we about. saw that with yeah, Kaken. Like, you know, I can respect issue.
1: it with Kaken. It wasn't the worst showing for the stage. I think there he he was far from the issue on that roster. There were probably other issues that came into it, but he himself he deserves to be tier one. Honestly, I want to see Kaken yeah. at some point. Yeah. Playing Apex South next year, I think teams would be stupid not to pick him up. But yeah, it's yeah, it's that situation look, I, where honestly, if he had stuck with yeah. you guys going into promotions, he probably would be having a better time of it.
2: I'll definitely uh, say that. Yeah, the, the ye old kind of f- phrase of money talks, bullshit walks, uh, kind of. Uh, will be very much applicable to just the whole kind of approach, even nowadays. Like, I mean, you even look back, like, Yonks ago, like, when Virtue was part of the VSDS, and then moved over to Fnatic. Okay, that whole move kind of made sense because it was still within the region. But then Virtue's moved to G2, arguably, you're now looking, yes, G2 brings in a button of money, yes, he gets to go internationally. yes, he is technically presented with the opportunity to... Um, you know, go to other teams again within EU and EU being arguably kind of arguably being the better region, uh, at least in, in the form of like <laughs> development <laughs> well, at least sustainability. So far Latin America is just well, shit on everyone. So Yeah, <laughs> technically now now the next move is yeah, yeah, just move come to Brazil, as finally all the fans do say. Uh but the you look at you look at the current situation of G2 for Siege. Genuinely like I can name probably more in the recent days more times that they shut the bed than them actually acquiring the bag, and not to yeah. say that the whole roster is shit and that G two is shit, but like for Virtue, he got the worse end of the stick than him. Like say, comparative between him moving from vsds, which by the way is nearly the same roster as now what Order has, a minus Virtue, um, and him moving to Fnatic, that was a mm, perfect perfect fucking move, like, genuinely the man brought in some extra good pushing power to Fnatic. But, in saying that, his next move was, yeah, like, it, it's it's like one of those memes, like, my move was calculated, but mad at my bad in maths. <laughs> because, at least from the outside perspective, it, it was, like, you couldn't find a, be- a worst-case scenario for, for the gamer, because, yes, while the money is here, while the publicity is there, and, yeah, you have international now presence, your team is... Uh, shitting the bed on the regular and that's not even due to, to the laxatives
1: yeah, speaking of I'm I i uh, I'm genuinely concerned if I ever do make it to a major and D2 is there because I think I might be on their radar because they, they had what well, was the PGL and, and you know Carlos the man in charge of D2 posted oh, sorry I can't hear you from up here when they finished third or something and he's standing next to the trophy and I commented under it and said sorry where is your team staying in Sweden for the major again and uh, he liked that uh, unfortunately so yeah, like if, if um, I ever make it to a major
4: at the same <laughs> time as G2, I might have to watch my uh, Um, But, well, speaking, because we've been speaking a lot about R6, and I guess we, we kind of want to transition on to our next core topic. An org, uh, a game that has your back, Halo, coming in big with the competitive season here for 2022. Of course, the launch of Halo Infinite being a, uh, I feel, a massive success, especially uh on a grand perspective not just os but of course uh bringing out this region uh bringing uh, bringing all these tournaments into a timeline here straight away Mm. showing people that halo care as a to it depends on who
1: you are so i know there was a number of people (laughs) blocked from the uh the na side of esports in terms of talking about past successes and failures so uh, yeah honestly pretty stoked with the release and i could safely say cthulhu and i are both uh both running for that bag, gentlemen, so you better watch yourselves.
0: Yeah. Listen, I got a team. I, I want a team. I don't want to cast the game. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, already, I've already seen teams being formed. I've seen direwolves get in. I think chiefs are also wanting to get in, which is going to be sick. Um, And potentially mine. There is that many orgs who Kango? want to get into K- this shit. Heard... I'm physically having to beat this uh, shit. I heard from a Person to to that Kanga
4: might destroy. want to get involved as well. Who was it? Someone posted <laughs> yeah, like listen, some skin Kang, concepts and keep, the, the keep Fury your one the next couple of days. Kanga's got some shit on the board. Yeah, I think that was Person actually.
1: I mean,
3: it's also well and good that Halo has also come out with this roadmap. Um, mm. It's great to see that they've got they've gone, hey, we have a plan, we want to do this. Now, we all know how Australian TOs are. They're garbage. Yes. Let, let's be honest. We know how oh, look, there's a lot of people in this scene who need to honest, leave the scene, the scene because they are utterly useless. So I I'm very excited to see um, how the Halo uh, get the representatives that uh, will carry on and make these leagues the best possible um, uh, leagues as they are. Like Halo have had a rep of making some amazing competitions, you know, in the, in the past. So I'd love to see how they how they go and how the roadmap actually does play out because I, I I've seen TOs... I'll name it, Apex where they came out with their first initial worlds um, I don't know how many years ago what three yeah, three something uh, yeah, years that,
4: ago it was tw- something like that Apex and that
3: just that was an absolute just bombshell of a thing where they just started banning players for no yeah. reason hmm. um, so I would like to see how Halo take this in how they actually started and how many actual teams and players actually enter the pro scene itself
0: yeah, I think um even in recent days um just seeing I guess what's happened so far like there's been Overwatch CS Valorant players again making a shift to Halo because again, maybe all three at
4: once yeah. in one scene, let's go. Maybe all all three go. at once. Joe.
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> all three at once. I'm um, plat 1. You should pay me $400 I mean, it, a it, month. It is
1: actually it's, it's healthy <laughs> if you actually sit down and think about it for like, mm. you know, the OG like the Valorant scene, the CS scene, the the, the, the Six scene. It's like, well, it cuts out those players that aren't dedicated and and the ones that are of course they're going to yes. stick with it and the, yeah they might play a bit of halo but if if you're if you can if you have gone in the last you know sort of 18 to, to 20 months from you know counter-strike to valorant and now to halo something is wrong and it's not the game
3: yeah but like they don't they don't look at that like look at the amount of fortnite people that went to Valorant. Mm. Um, and they're playing, like, absolute shit, and they're like, oh, but I was so good on Fortnite. And I was like, no, you really weren't. And then they've gone and played something else, and they go, oh, look, I can get 10 kills a game. Yeah, but you're dying 15 times. Like, yeah. sh- you're not that
0: good, bro. I'm sorry. I think, I think the <laughs> cool thing, yeah. I guess, regarding Halo, they've got a lot of the veterans back in for the casters as well. Yes. Um, I think one of the tricky things for me personally, seeing, I uh, I guess, Josh Inman being, like, I'm more the general manager for ESL and also casting. So it's going to be interesting to see how he balances that out as well. But I think seeing a lot of the older folks come back, like these guys are like mid-30s, like late-40s. They're, back they're the, the OGs. Of like they're of all the payload, OGs. Yeah. Like even like some of the players. Like these guys have like, it's actually insane to see how their like, following is. They have like 300 followers on Twitter and they get like 900 likes to tweet. Like it's absolutely yeah. just cooked well, off their teeth. Well, there's, um, there's a player here in Adelaide actually...
3: Um, yeah. there, there's a player here in Adelaide who used to play like the Worlds um, back when like the old Halo and even he's like said hey I want to get into playing again and he's
1: 35 something like that two or, three, two or three of the Direwolves team in yeah. New Zealand, yeah they're all Kiwis and, that's and, why Direwolves a, one of them because
0: two of them are in Auckland hmm. and that's where their Direwolves HQ is kind of just set up over there so fair enough um I think like it's gonna be healthier, I guess, for the orgs as well. Come to think of it, because um, I mean, if the orgs get in in the right sections, and please don't fucking fluctuate the salaries. Um, um I mean, it's, it's new game, new
3: game, new hype. It's
1: well, it's also they've shown they've shown that they are willing to help out the orgs. I mean, you look at the team. I don't know the percentage of the, what the teams are getting for the team skins, but this they announced clean. that on release.
0: Yeah, and that in, is clean. And
1: in. And, 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 you, you get that in siege. We, we we have you know the the siege skins, which yeah again there's there's a certain percentage that go to the teams. But to have that on release and show that that is something that they are dedicated to doing, they want to see longevity come to Halo. And, and a...
3: well, they know um, how much money can go into it. Yeah, they yeah. they they done it in the past and they will do it again. And that, that's and where. Yeah,
2: and it's the fact that it's the free to play as well. Mm. For free, free to play yes. multiplayer. Whilst you also have the a healthy from the get-go eSports program. Like, those two things for me, was like, holy shit. Like, that's that's something, like, they already targeting their, like, their main market. They know for a fact that all the oldies will be coming back. No, Well, there's going to be a percentage that would give a fuck about the story, and again, it's admirable and all good and it's always good to have like a single-player campaign but a lot of people will be coming back with the memories from the multiplayer you know the teabagging whatever it is like how it was like back with like with the old <laughs> xbox oh, xbox God. some Cold mw2 theory. and there's already I, I actually had i think deltero <laughs> <laughs> dm me something of a picture saying like you know yeah uh, i'm starting to finally feel the generation divide as there's a post on reddit saying why do people run up and twerk over me when i die at halo infinite <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I've never felt older in my casting career than seeing that post. genuine Jesus, pain. Like, uh,
2: yeah,
0: that is pain. Do uh, you money? <laughs> <it. laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, we've had him for about two weeks now. I think it might be time to let him go. Oy, 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 um, oy. But I think the other cool thing as well, not only just a general map for across the entire year, Australia has two key events. Yes, you know, right? like we've actually got um, kind of like the. Not the major, but more so like the. It's not a qualifier either. It's like like it's a minor. It's a it's a minor, which is going to be in Melbourne, which is actually it, interesting because that's going to yeah. be at MEO. Now the thing is with MEO, right? Since Pax and MEO kind of got mushed together and then cancelled, um, this next Melbourne esports open event that's going to be in next year, right? Is going to have we hope. See, C- well, fingers crossed. It will. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna. It's going to have Halo. As the miner, it's gonna have a CS miner. It's gonna have potentially another siege event. It's gonna have FGC. Like, it's gonna be a week. It's gonna be, it's a, gonna, we, it's gonna 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 be a week long. It's gonna be a Ish, week long event. It's gonna slap. Like, it's gonna be so good if it does. Look at my ticket now. Like, it's it, it, <laughs> yeah, straight up. Fuck,
1: I'm so ready to be running between the Halo and Rainbow Six stages. I'll fucking do it. <laughs> Just run between Just them.
2: I'll
3: I'll, uh, I'll the finally round. get to get my stall, and we'll me. do the um, we'll do Beef Be Gone. <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure if you guys know. So I had an idea of beef be gone, which is basically I'll get like a stall and I'll get sumo suits, right. and then anyone that wants to, <laughs> you know, whoever has beef in the scene can come in. They pay me five bucks and they go slam it out.
1: Hey, <laughs> you can make a men's off the siege community. Yeah, Holy that's, that's shit! A it'd be such a great idea. idea.
4: Yeah. I think it'd be
0: awesome. Um, Catch me in that <laughs> round one, obviously. Who wants to throw in? <laughs>
4: Oh, no, no. So yeah,
1: That's you, you have like the you know the generic <laughs> crowd one, and then you get like all the owners in, so you can actually crown who's the best organ. The be, yeah, room. that is
3: like that, and all the money <laughs> that I'd be getting, um, I'd pull it back and like I'll put it on a big event, like you know put I'll put it on a tab. Or something at a bar where everyone can meet up. That just wouldn't yeah. be fair. All, all, if
1: the, I... all the coming and beat panda, the shit out of each other. That wouldn't be fair. Like if I had drunk. to go against
0: a bayo from over, the kid's like five foot six. I could use him as a javelin. Like honestly, <laughs> like
1: I am a firm believer in Darwinism, and some people don't make the cut.
0: I mean, th- there's quite a oh, few
3: people God. I'd like to go go toe to toe with. Um, <laughs> but moving on, uh, keep going with the Halo. So, how do we feel? with the meo and whatnot do you feel do we feel that it's going to be a highly successful with the amount of teams that are going to go in or are we going to probably see maybe five teams are going to be the the, the primaries and then just a bunch of amateurs going absolutely nowhere
4: i think um, the second honestly we've we've yeah, got yeah, a hopefully. year up until I, it happens, I i so think the, the second years, after like... what i watched because I, I watched a few of the povs from the uh uh, okay, the yeah, the qualifiers, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the second, I think Lunchy's team's absolutely gonna decimate everyone. From what I heard, the comps the the comms, everything was on point. Uh, yeah, I think it's just gonna be one, two, three teams up that top, and then everyone else just thankful to be it's there. It's literally just gonna be the
0: vets against the young would... <laughs> younglings. Touching yeah. on that, Sorry, yeah. admit, I, but...
4: I think speaking of you know Halo
1: and all this success, I think Splitgate have shit the bed. True. Um, without including any sort of A- A- NZ events, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, we've got this, you know. Monthly tournament that you can do, but esports is not coming anytime soon. Then Halo comes in, and I can only imagine just how you know pissed off it, like the people at Splitgate, are like why the fuck did we not jump in there yeah. sooner? No, I, I think uh, it's
2: uh, it's I, also I, a little... I
0: don't know why Splitgate did yeah. it. Yeah, I I yeah, genuinely Splitgate. feel as well. They can't be. This may sound weird. There's, there's way too many esports right now in O'S yes. where there's not a scene that can develop.
1: No, no. no. You want to know? You, so I jumped in the Splitgate Discord because I saw they um, they announced the ANZ. I was like, cool. What? Who do I talk to about you know joining a casting team for Splitgate and ANZ? And the message I got back was there are no plans for broadcast for ANZ tournaments in the near future.
4: Love I'm that. <laughs> so so, so you know, we're, we're going to have
0: tournaments, but we're not going to let people watch said tournaments.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They, don't, they just don't give a shit it's A and Z it's, it, you know, it's it, actually for them it's probably just the A they Wait wouldn't even know if you see what actually right exists 2. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So well, they,
3: they, they, they're just going to straight out fail if their idea is we don't care about a region I can guarantee they have the same idea about other regions. So that if they're... What are they? Are they American? What are, what?
1: Yeah. I, I feel the mm. big thing as well, the like kinda... well. They're playing the competitions at the moment. It's, a, it's, it's NA and EU. Yeah. Yeah. Like we, Cthulhu and I, you know, Valley is a, is a well-known name in, the, in a lot of the scenes at the moment. He's done Valorant, he's done Siege. He's, he was he was out there working on Splitgate the other day. But I yeah. mean... I. I I would be genuinely embarrassed if they tried to get into the scene now. Yeah, yeah
0: no, I think the big thing as well, awesome. you kind of have to introduce it at the start. Yeah, Otherwise, yeah. if you get in like six to 12 months down the line, like all these other like, scenes they've got going right, they're already going to be taking your whole player base.
1: We also, some, some one a couple of the Australian guys placed top three in one of the yeah. qualifiers or something, didn't they? Yeah,
2: something like yeah. that. Yeah. For the North yeah.
1: American competition. Yeah,
2: yeah right. right. So yeah, it, no, this is I, just I some of the stupid shit. I definitely think that so to kind of to return back to the whole that whole question, like whether even we will be seeing any traction from Halo, it will ultimately IMO depend still on ESL because whilst the the developer made the whole deal with ESL and they're the ones, ESL Australia is going to be leading the whole charge with an ANZ, if they make it so that there's a clean run like the way how even say now after uh, god knows how many years now uh you be now made with the uh anz the whole path to pro from literally amateur literally like middle of bumfuck nowhere in your standings to possibly becoming a pro if esl does the same thing with halo it's going to be a boom because from there on they can farm up the fact that again client is free to play for you to get into multiplayer it literally costs you nothing zero dollar reduce and uh, if they can make it so, so, that, uh, so get maybe even the Pro-Am, get some of the qualifiers for like upcoming, call it Pro-League, however you want to fucking call it. Uh, get the uh, something across the lines similar to, I guess, LPL Open slash Evo to be that semi-competitive semi setup. Except not LPL. Except, Except not, not LPL. LPL. Except not, not <laughs> LPL. So open. I'll, I'll say that for <laughs> once. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> like make it make it like a open tournament, make it like a semi-comp tournament, and make it pro tournament, or like call it Challenger League for for the middle ground. Like in Rec, G, and Halo, mm-hmm. Rec, G, and Halo. I mean, would I mean do they a, can definitely put like
3: a rank bracket on it. Like, say, like yes. you got to be plat or gold or something like that yeah, apex bracket. had. Yeah. So that's that's fine um, uh, in my eyes. But yeah, I, I would like to see how they go about allowing multiple tiers of players to be able to play.
0: True. I I think. A big thing for me as well. Um, I think for ESL if they if they follow the same guidelines as what they do with Rocket League at the moment, I think they'll be fine. Because with how Psionics has laid everything out as we've discussed Mm. previously, they've done extremely well with how they've kind of introduced the international opportunities as well through teams. Obviously we've seen Renegades and G Z qualify recently for Sweden. Um I think if ESL runs along the same lines as they did Rocket League, you know, the whole like, it's quite literally the same reflection with the timeline they've got to how Psyonix is doing their events. Um, I think the big question for me personally is how the broadcast will be run. Because I know with... Rocket League does really well with that and ESL does the hosting for it. I know with CS they do really well with it. Uh, StarCraft is a little bit on the fence as per normal. But um, I think the production value is a big question. Because Halo previously, like, I wasn't in esports back when it started, but just seeing some of the old VODs and such that i have been watching recently from it, um, there's a lot that you can do with it, especially with such an older scene. Mm-hmm. Like, again, these people are probably between 30 to 40 years of age, right? And for the most of these guys, like, they're going to be competing. They're probably going to have, like, their kids probably there with them, like, just watching. Yeah. You'll,
3: you'll probably like, see that a lot of the guys who are probably too old to play will true. be observing because they will have observer experience. And they will be oh, able shifting to bring, into coaching yeah. roles. Yeah, probably or, or coaching, coaching,
0: coaching roles also like than that. Because that. Well, There's already yeah. like, it's... Like,
4: like Halo Infinite's come out with like VOD, like the VOD system is like absolutely impeccable. Mm. And like this is on day one release, really, so you know if that's what they got yeah, for VOD, they, system, they've really but...
3: thought of it. They've really thought of it, of hey, we want people to make content with our with our game, even without being able to stream. We want them to still make videos and yeah. such. Along with, hey, we still need something for live streaming. Mm. They, they've included it all because I, I think they've built this game around the competitive standpoint. Yes. I don't think they've given... They, they, they've they left the um, like the casual gameplay off on the side and they've gone, hey, we want to focus on pro plays. Mm. That's what we want to focus on because that's what's going to bring us, ideally, the most amount of money. Um, because the more people you have competing at a pro level, the more money is going to get injected from fan base. Yeah. And I'm not sure if you guys have seen their microtransactions. Like, it's not cheap. No. Yep. Like, I think I think like a was it a thousand of their points? Someone was fifteen yep. bucks, and that
0: yeah. gets you the battle pass. Yep. So.
1: Or yeah. one of, or just one of the team yeah. skins. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 So that that's cool as well. Just touching on that. the battle pass is actually permanent. It's not like yes. a seasonal thing. Yes. Like you pay fifteen bucks and you keep that like forever. Mm. Like you don't mm. you don't lose it after a season. And I think the cool thing as well, they've already released obviously the partnership program, and um, I think it's EU and NA, kind of like a mishmash. I think, yeah, So, a few NA so
3: well. from what I stand, they're only focusing on EU and NA at the moment. Yeah, so there
0: has Until been there has been talks be about yeah. Oceania also having their stuff into the game. Yeah, uh, and, down, and and Japan, uh, Japan as well. Yeah. So I know, I, I'd personally pick Japan Halo over Australia personally. If I wanted to get into it, I well, would be very intrigued about that.
3: I, I think as a whole, they should they should open up to worldwide. Um, if they have Australian partners, that would make it a bit more easier for the region to uh, really get used to the game and get used to its creators and whatnot um, while opening up to another market of, of people as well. Like if you have someone like... Uh, who would be a really good choice in this one? Uh, we'll go with someone who's more Fortnite-oriented. Like, say, Aussie Antics, right? Yeah. Say he he goes on and plays one game of Halo or, you know, becomes a partner for whatever reason. You know, his fan base alone, uh, everyone under 17 years old (laughs) plays video games. I mean, you've seen (laughs) Dr.
2: Disrespect's uh, whole leaked skin. Yeah, Dr.
3: Disrespect, yeah. Um, So, like, if you get people like that, like if Lachlan as well, if he Mm. went into Halo, like... Holy shit! Like that's probably one of the biggest things they could do in the way of having a an audience come in from a certain region. Yeah. Um, And I think that's what they're looking into and what they're trying to achieve. They're trying to make. They're trying to overtake every other game.
1: They said they. I saw a couple of posts. I could be wrong again, but all all major Halo competitions are going to be co-streamed. Oh. Uh, Yes. Mm. Anyone, anyone can co-stream a Halo event, which is, I mean, it's huge. siege has been begging for that opportunity even just for content creators for the longest time and we've been told no again and again and again but you look at the the audiences that the likes of shroud brings in mm. and you're like oh you know that they've only got this number but then you you tack on another forty six thousand that are currently watching that same event from shroud's channel and i think yeah i honestly i am impressed by the way that you know the halo team have come and they've learned from a number of mistakes from other you know esports and stuff i mean they are doing everything that Valorant and A failed to do yes. in its inception, and yeah. I think they've been. I think Halo has been watching, saying, "You know what? If we get this right, we can blow everything out of the water." And they are they are on track to do. Well,
3: that. they've got people that actually understand mm. how esports and how the player and market value works, while over in Valorant and well, I've had I've had connections to Riot. I've, I've talked to some people in Riot before, and oh my god, they do they have no clue. They legitimately do not know how to do their job. Like, mm. full stop. I I was seeking some questions revolving FIFA. Um, and I was like, oh, hey, like, you know, I just wanted to see what your guidelines are and, you know, your rule book, blah, 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 blah. But I can't find anything. There's nothing up. Like, there's a hundred different rules and a hundred different game types out there. I just want to know what your standard is. And they're like, oh, yeah, we we don't really know. I was like, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> like, you got to have something. <laughs> And uh, that's where they, Halo and the people at Halo, that's where they they differ because they have those people who have been in this, been doing this for the past, what, 20 years? Yeah. You know? They understand how it all works.
1: Like, it's it's literally, they had a story almost almost exactly as long as as Counter Strike has had, but just without the success, unfortunately. Um, So, yeah, it's one of the longest running franchises in a competitive environment. You've got. It, uh, it's it's crazy how much this market is going to appeal. I mean, you're going to have people in their mid-40s, even 50s, potentially, looking to get into the game. and Not necessarily at a competitive level, but even casually. Yeah. So, mm. yeah I uh, think honestly, this is also... Like said,
0: this is I'm a big excited. opportunity for APAC COD as well, mind you, because Call of Duty has just absolutely shit the bad nose. We have COD? Um, no, that's a surprise. So this Co- this could... this gen- Genuinely speak. I know JDU from Vertex has been harassing all these players to go to Halo, which... I'm not against. I reckon that would be a big...
3: Codstead, uh, they have no intention, I don't think, to even try and save it. I think they've milked what they could, and now they've gone, ah, screw it. Yeah.
1: Well, that's what happens when your platform changes every fucking year. I'm sorry. That's We're what
0: happens every year,
3: every game. every couple of months, they change yeah. something. Well, it's no, like... you come
1: out with a new Call of Duty game that changes the entire environment of the battlefield, and you're like, how, how do people how are people meant to keep up? I'm sorry. Like... I, I get that, yeah, you want to make money off something, but at least keep some level of consistency in your competitive environment. Yeah.
3: No, well, that's the thing. They don't care about the competitive mm. environment. Yeah, and
0: I, I don't think many of the players even realize that. Like, there's been so much stuff on Twitter with everyone just saying to the COD players, you need to do this, you need to do this, and they're all just like, nah, we can't be asked." And it's like, oh, okay, cool. Um, But I... Like, Halo is, like, the... Old, like, pretty well COD. Like, mm. it, it's a very, very... Similar game in some well, aspects. Well, it's it's
3: just as old as COD. Yeah. Probably better in, in my um, opinion. <laughs> but Halo has had its niche fan base. Like Call of Duty, only really started its niche fan base probably what in the late two thousand, like late like uh, between probably two thousand six to two thousand ten. That's where it really started having its niche fan base because all the Cod's pr- previous to that, I mean they were, they were campaign orientated, while yeah. Halo on the other hand still had its competitiveness. It still had its, you know, 5v5s, it still had its Captain of the Flags, and then they started going with different games like Oddball and stuff like that as well, King of the Hill, etc. It still had that competitive standpoint while with Let's Call of Duty. Let's
1: make Griftball a comp game. Jesus yeah, Christ, I'd love like um, to see some ball and, and pro play.
3: While with Call of Duty, all its older games, its multiplayer was, well, arse. No one wanted to play it because it was just arse. Um, and that's where I think, that's why I think Halo is much better in the way of multiplayer because they've they've been focusing on the multiplayer from, I mean, day dot.
5: Yeah.
3: I mean, I, I don't know if you guys are, You guys ever did it, but me back in high school, we used to load up the old Halo 1 and play on the, uh, the Warsong Gulch um, it, on the computers, mm-hmm. you, you know, just in the... Uh, in the bloody PC rooms and whatnot just smashing uh, it tried, out we
1: tried but we weren't able to it was, it was, it was genuine oh we
3: had multiple files <laughs> under multiple fl- files of Halo it was oh, we, unbelievable we, we
1: literally got we got uh, CS portable uh, for a yeah we had day, CS for a while yeah. and li- literally it was the most traffic what the computer lab it? had seen shut it, up it, like, it, since it's it, like initiation at the school and that's how they figured out something was going on
0: <laughs> what What year do you reckon this is just out of curiosity like 2000 2006 six two, Wait, When you were yeah. born,
4: <laughs> just got out of primary school. For me,
2: for me, I think uh, at, at least well, being back in Russia, I think the main thing was obviously yeah, what was CS 1.6 kind of. I was I was either that WarCraft 3, uh, maybe funnel enough, Worms was like the, another like big. Worms, yeah, was w- the shit. worms Worms were you like it used to be like. If if you collo- if you suck absolute ass at either uh, CS or or uh, Warcraft Three AKA the like the original Dota mod uh, and uh, Worm uh, so so yeah it was okay. you would you would return back to Worms return to Monkey and just play play that um,
1: honestly I reckon there'd yeah.
2: be a market for a hey,
1: competitive like. Come, uh, look, I, there, there, was, there was there
3: was there was an worms actual league hard. with a with a twenty five thousand dollar prize pool yeah worms um hard. and it and it actually it it got a really huge viewer base for even back in the day it has something like ten thousand people watching it the...
1: yeah now they need to go mobile <laughs> in 2021 they need to go worms mobile oh, and, and, and release it to like korea or something that what? Honestly, it'd surpass. It would take over like any major esport
0: event. We we just need to ban Halo in Korea, just so we can at least get uh, some, so we at least win a championship. <laughs> yeah. Can't be successful at everything.
3: <laughs> yeah, and like the streams got to be there as well. Like that uh, needs yeah. to be more. And speaking of streams, we'll we'll move on to our next topic. Ah uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> we'll move on to our hotspot now. A hotspot is a for those who do not know, we. We put something on the hot plate and we really roast the shit out of it and talk about how, how much they've absolutely failed at let everything. Let it sizzle. Yeah.
0: You know, let now, it burn.
3: The, the topic of today is Streamlabs versus OBS. Now, I'm not sure if anyone's been following on the Twitter feeds and whatnot, but <laughs> OBS have finally come out and gone, hey, just to let you know, we, we have told you not to use our name and yet you still are using our name and now have come up with a new platform and are charging people... Lots and lots and lots of money. Um, yeah, so can you please, you know, take take the name away? Now, initially, Streamlabs came back and went, oh, no, you guys gave us the permission, blah, 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 blah. And now all those tweets are gone. They've yep. deleted them. Um, and then they've come back and gone, oh, um, uh, yeah, we, we've taken OBS off, uh, off our name now. And we're going to rename. And yet on their website, it's still got OBS everything. Like, if you go have a look, it still says it all there. Um, now, I'm not sure about your experience with Streamlabs. Like, what have you guys used in the past? Like,
0: what do you what do you think has been better? I was about to ask that. Like, if we just want to go yeah, around. Tony, I guess if we start with you, how, do you do you use Streamlabs or do you use OBS? OBS? Like, per, personal opinion?
4: I, I did experiment for a few months with Streamlabs because it was more intuitive because it had, like, a few more little functions I could. Like, yep. for someone who's obviously new to streaming and shit, like that, it's, you know, pretty hard to work everything out. Okay. But uh, OBS, without a doubt, fucking
0: yeah Cthulhu what about you do you typically do much I guess relating to streaming or anything um, like
4: that I you
2: know quite rarely dabble in that then I for a brief moment in the run I actually would differentiate so I would have OBS for anything that is like actually serious for production and then slobs would be there for personal streaming whenever I just yeah. I couldn't be bothered you know setting up whatever the alerts and and all that shebang yeah. but obviously later down the line I would um, Completely uninstall slobs given the fact that some of the newer titles I couldn't even properly run them on, like, actually, like, yeah, good frame rate. So I would just switch over to OBS, do like a bootleg setup, which I later on kind of ended up sticking around and making it borderline, like, well, quote unquote, my. I'll I'll go
3: into detail soon as to why all that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Panda, what's been your experience with uh, OBS and slobs?
1: For the most part, and I've used OBS just because it's usually stream packages for an esport thing. I. I've, tr- I've tried streaming, but uh, it's just because I, I never got affiliate or anything like that in the early days when it first came out. So my account is just bare bones, and it's just too much fucking work to sit there and commit the time <laughs> to actually get affiliate. So I I literally like I'll stream once every now and then, and even then it'll just be us playing a game together and, and just fucking around, and there's no real commitment to get affiliate. And usually if we're running something, we've I got Mattery doing it anyway, so he's got. V- I mean, you
2: you you tried to do that with the whole stats stream. Technically. i
1: tried but again it's just it's not worth the fucking effort honestly like because it, it all becomes about just making up the hours that you need to to get the in the in the days and that's not how i would want to do anything if i wanted to stream so it's it's especially you know for someone like me i if i if i'm doing something i want to be enjoying it uh, or it has yeah. to be for a purpose and and unfortunately just streaming for the sake of streaming to get the, the affiliate status was not it um but yeah OBS has is, is always been the one that i work with i've tried Streamlabs a couple of times but it, it's just never felt quite as good as obs and this <laughs> is <laughs> you know having not set up a package or anything like literally like i said bare bones it's me 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 and then the game just camera so, and game yeah, um, yeah so no no alerts or anything like that but i mean obs has just always been so much more straightforward
0: I yeah so at least personally for me when it comes down to it, i use Streamlabs primarily for console stuff so When it comes down to, you know, Xbox, PlayStation, Switch, just those specific games, I find Streamlabs is a little bit better because it's lower FPS needed. Mm. Um, But then when it comes to, you know, if I want to stream Valorant, it's like my FPS just tanks if I don't use OBS. Yeah. And I think that's been a lot of the things as well, at least in the past, whenever I've streamed. It's like, Slobs is a platform. They don't give a shit, I guess, about the quality. And even then, if you're looking at, I guess, like, Streamlabs requires you to pay to do certain things and obs does everything for free yes that's the other key thing. yeah uh
3: the biggest thing i think like because i start when i started streaming years ago it's a while back now um i, I was using stream and then i was like why am i tanking frames like what's happening and then a friend of mine was like oh i'll try obs so i was like okay i'll try you know obs studio and whatnot and then i noticed i was like i want to go to task manager and check something Streamlabs OBS uses 10 times the amount of CPU power than OBS does.
4: Yeah, Like.
3: Because all, they have all these programs in the background running, like they have all the alert systems and whatnot that are all integrated into it. And so it uses up so much more processing power. That's why a lot of those frame issues were coming up. So if you're running like, you know, like for me, I was running PUBG. Now back in the day, PUBG was very unoptimized, like it would it used to tank your CPU and GPU. And so running that, plus Streamwebs, plus, you know, probably have my stream in the background so I could, you know, have chat or if I could switch over to music, etc. So you're running at, like, you know, 100-plus percent on your CPU, causing your frames to drop. I was like, sh- f- screw this. Swapped OBS? Oh, I'm back down to 60% using everything. Yeah. Streamwebs is just... They don't give a shit about optimization. They just want people to pay money because they think... If they if they have enough money to pay for the stuff on Streamlabs, they have enough money to fork out for a you know an A tier computer. Mm. And it's like, well, I'm sorry, your your clientele 90% of your clientele do not have those god tier PCs. No. They're able to take your shitty buddy program. Mm. <laughs> yep. Um but I'll I'll put up the tweet in a minute, uh, where OBS said, you know, near the launch of slobs, um, streamers reached out to us about using the OBS name. We kindly asked them not to. They did so anyway and followed up by filing a trademark. Now, how much of a dog act is that?
2: Yeah, that's just... They've
3: intentionally gone out and stolen that brand, stolen that name. Now, there's a whole legal parameter here where if OBS wanted to, they could sue. And they could sue for every earning Streamlabs has done while using OBS name.
0: Well, it's not just OBS though. There's been, I think, a Streamlight or something as well. Like there was another two or three brands that got in the mix thing they ripped off yeah. their website and everything. Yeah, like that so as well. they
3: copied their entire platform the way it works. So if someone was to write in OBS, it would come up. So they even like That's paid to make sure it, yeah. that their Streamlabs thing came up before OBS Studio, and so people would always go click on Streamlabs and look exactly the same as OBS. So if someone if someone's watching a YouTube video, right, mm. and was showing OBS Studio, they'll click on Streamlabs, it looks exactly the same. And so they'll think it's, you know, that they, they, they could follow the steps quite easily because it's all the same. And that's where it got really like, you guys are just quite literally trying to hide OBS Studio under, under the covers, trying to rake in as much money as possible using their branding. And it's just... It's just disgusting to see. Yeah. Like, how could you How could you do that at all?
1: Money. It's. It happened time and time again. It's not the first time. It won't be the last time. Where's uh, the correct. crabs when you're near them the most? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it,
0: it, I don't see how... I don't
3: see them recovering from this, actually. Oh. I re- legitimately do not. They, um, I, I
0: hope they do sue, and the platform just... Yeah, I, don't just, just I don't think they will. I don't think OBS
3: Studio up. will sue at all. Because I well, think not
0: just obs though. What about when like still two or three other brands that got ripped off as well? Like they could sue as well,
3: technically. Uh yeah, they uh oh, they they'll be a bit there It's borderline. It's well, the main thing with OBS is that they've they've stolen the OBS name. That's the biggest thing. They've stolen OBS trademark and and whatnot uh and use it as their own. That's the biggest issue and then making money off their name. While with the others all they've done is copied layouts. So, you, unless they they've gone out and they've patented that layout, which isn't like it's not a thing. Um,
1: yeah, it's still plagiarism. Uh, it? like, you're, you're openly plagiarizing a setup, and I doubt it would be that hard to argue in court. You know that they've literally just gone. Yeah, but you this. have
3: to. The whole thing with courts is you have to be you have to prove beyond reasonable doubt that they had the intention to steal that idea. Now, when you're talking about layouts, layouts are a dime a dozen. You know, they all look the same in a general general aspect. So, how could you say that they stole something when it looks the same as something else and something else and something else? Or they might have gotten they might they they'll just go, oh, we got ideas from them, and then we use this idea from this platform and this idea from that platform, and then we you know amalgamated them all together um, just as an idea uh, with our stuff that's you know, that's yeah, that proves beyond reasonable doubt that they had no intention, you know, quote unquote. And that's the issue. That it's too hard to prove in court. It, even though everyone knows that they're doing a still shit. Yeah.
1: I mean honestly yeah. from a business standpoint, it's a smart option. OBS should a hundred percent sue. Absolutely gut stream labs because one it removes competition and two, it's just shitty business
3: yeah Street, Stream. Uh, yeah. Streamlabs is already dead like the amount of people that have tweeted I'm not using your branding or I'm not using your platform anymore is wild a lot of people have gone hey you've charged me $250 for this what the hell I just noticed this and I haven't got I haven't done anything I haven't used your platform but I don't know where I've been charged so I think OBS or Streamlabs sorry are really trying to scrape what they can together and get out of the game
0: would be surprised.
2: Surprise. yeah yeah.
0: I kind of hope OBS actually makes their um, I mean the system a little bit cleaner yeah. as well. Kind of thing, because with, it does with all of that, that as
2: well, as well.
3: Uh, yeah. it, it, the whole thing of OBS is it's simple that's what I like about it it's not convoluted you don't have to click on a hundred different things to get to one thing it's right click click right click click right click click or click this and go to that, that that's what I like about it it's nice and simple it does the job if you start adding in all these other things into it and start trying to mix ever stuff, all the other stuff around, that's when you start. Well, one, you're tanking into your CPU, and two, people just get outright confused and just go, "Screw this! I'll use something else." Well, it's
1: just simple, but it also has that potential for you know the high end stuff. You can integrate all sorts of things into it. So, well,
3: that's what the that's why I like about the developer section where it has all that extra stuff. Like it has a a whole heap of shit. I haven't even gone through it all, um, because it's just so much. But if you're a if you're a streamer looking to actively improve, you know, quality or uh, have things going on in your background while you're you know maybe just chatting or whatnot, that would be something to use because they have a lot of little um like widgets already inbuilt into it, hmm. um, which is quite nice. And I would recommend people learning and working that out.
2: Yeah. Now, the the other thing as well, like, because um, there's been a whole lot of talk uh, as well between the content creators as well. So, like, yes, because a lot of majority of the crowd, like, in streaming as well, been, if not doing their own custom stuff, because uh, I know a few streamers, like, they just flat out code all of their, like, alerts, all, all of that stuff, uh, graphically-wise, themselves. If not that, majority of the consensus was we yeeted to streamlabs like w- whether you like it or not you at the very least uh, would end up using their widgets through browser source and whatnot there's been actually like mm. as of recently i believe obs actually posted on twitter saying that they're now working with stream elements like because stream elements also reached out to them because they had like the whole plugin and, and yep. whatnot happening uh, which again like see stream elements did it, did it the right way they they you know talked about it all you know they they get the whole um, talk about it and because now technically in one shape or the other obs now endorsed stream elements now technically we have yet another competition but in general that whole competition about uh with streamlabs possibly just flat out vanishing in, in the near future like that whole market is going to be open for quite a lot of smaller companies that would probably do like similar layouts and whatnot but like similar service. But this would open a whole new level of competition as well, which um, something to also worth mentioning. Because yes, while stream elements, or well, not stream elements, stream apps should have, should have at this point just put out die out, like close the f- the apps and the whole shop. This would open a whole brand spanking new hole for other companies to fill out, which is uh, probably going to end up making a large and I mean large amount of competition happen.
3: Yeah, one hundred percent. Alright, um, I think that will probably close us out there. We've had quite a very long and great <laughs> discussion with um, with Pandora and Cthulhu. Uh, are there anything you two guys want to add in? Anything you want to plug? Go for it. You know, it, it's, it's free Stock real estate. It's not
0: standard shit, you know. Just... <laughs> I'll do the, the, the
1: obvious one. OCLC and relegations coming up next weekend. Fury might be there. We'll have to see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, Look, honestly, I'm super excited for it. Cthulhu and I are going to be watching that one avidly. We might even do a bit of a show later this week to sort of discuss what we're predicting mm. going into it a bit deeper. Then you've got OCL Finals, which, you know, start in December. And then we're, you know, we as a group. So there's me, Cthulhu, Proto, Nuttery, and we're looking at maybe two or three other people getting involved. And Jumpstream as well. Jumpstream, yeah, the, the Meme King himself from the OCL. Uh, we're going to be putting together something for <laughs> the six invitational qualifiers for South APEC particularly apac north as well if we can find the time for it so yeah check out the socials i'm at blue pen underscore cast cthulhu is cthulhu yeah. A-N-Z. I think that or,
2: or for 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 spelling reasons as well it's c-t-h-u-l-h-u-a-n-z as well and that's on both twitter twitch and whatever other platforms
1: yeah so we will be chucking up a couple of announcements so, about that in the coming weeks in terms of where you can catch us
2: yeah go
3: check them out everyone they're great guys great casters they do some amazing stuff out in the world. Um, Joe, anything you would like to say?
0: Um, not really, honestly. <laughs> um, I guess on a personal basis for any Australians or New Zealanders who want to tune into PGC as well recently, just so I can plug mm-hmm. this as well. Um, most It will be from Wednesday to Friday for the weekly event, plus the finals on the weekends, so Sunday and Saturday, basically at 9pm AEDT. So if anyone has any interest in watching that, feel free to do that. Um, at least after this podcast goes up, we'll probably be doing a viewer party. Um, at
3: we'll be point. doing a viewing party probably in the next like
0: yeah 30, even, 30 even, minutes for even us. Even in the <laughs> next weekend or so. But anyway, we'll another one. Yeah. this has been fun. This has been Bring the Heat, episode number seven. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. Again, if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube, make sure to do that and follow us on our Spotify and Anchor profiles. But we'll see you guys next week. No cut. Cut. Cool. <laughs>
5: Oh, Mm. Ah, yes. Oh, Oh,
4: did anyone see see Ducky's tweet? Uh, I retweeted it. He's like, oh, yeah, Valorant got uh, best game in uh, every region but (laughs) O'S. Yep. (laughs)